0: I made a new friend. Real or imaginary?
1: Story today about a young man whose life was completely destroyed by fear.
0: You want to tell mom
1: and dad why you stopped taking your medication? Okay. Happy
2: October! This is the beginning of our fun, October spooky lineup. It is indeed, and we've
1: got some very spooky movies coming at
2: you. Yeah, it's going to be a fun month. I I like it, I agree very much so. We get to change up the theme a little bit. Yeah, new songs. It's not not Sylvester, it'll change every episode.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and uh, I think we're starting on a good movie. Everybody out there listening, my name's Pete. And I'm Scott, and and these these are are the the movies that that made us gay!
2: gay. Yes, indeed. So, this summer... We had a little uh, listener poll on our Instagram stories. Oh, we yeah. kind of had a bee in our bonnet to do a Jake Gyllenhaal movie. So we asked, we asked all of you, who did you want to? Uh, what movie should we talk about? Mm-hmm. And it was overwhelmingly Donnie Darko. Surprise, surprise! I had a feeling that it would land on Donnie Darko.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and here we are.
2: So this- we. This invited, movie We oh invited gosh. over one of my favorite guests on the podcast, Michael Morgan. Welcome back.
1: Well, thank
3: you uh, for having me. That's quite an introduction.
2: <laughs> for our um, Jake Gyllenhaal special episode. Our very Jake Gyllenhaal special episode. I am very excited to talk about this movie. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, we watched Donnie Darko, released October 22nd, 2001. And just sort of this movie's journey from being made in Southern California, subbing for the East Coast, debuting at Sundance, and not being very well received. And then it was picked up by Christopher Nolan's production company. And then when it came out fall of 2001, it tanked, surprise, surprise. Because guess (laughs) what happened in September of 2001? Ooh. Ooh. Yikes. Yeah, audiences weren't looking too forward to watching, like, jet engines fall out of the sky.
3: Well, I actually saw it in the theater, okay. opening weekend. Wow.
2: Wow! Did you I, see it at the Sunset Five?
3: No. I was in college at the time, mm-hmm. and I, I was in Irvine, and okay. there was an Edwards Cinema across the street, rest in peace. Work at an Edward Cinema
1: in Irvine. It was at okay.
3: that time. I was a film major, so in college, I was going every weekend to see anything yeah. that was coming through. Yeah. And it was one of those like pleasant surprise, strolling through the DVD bin where I had no clue what I was... You know, sitting in to watch. I was yeah. 19. I was the right age. I remember just like loving it. And, and you're right. I kind of remember it not doing well at the time. And I mean, I could talk for 40 minutes on this. I always remember the story too that Drew Barrymore sort of saved it or she was yeah. a producer. But, um, when you watch it it feels luxe. I was like they spent money. There's a budget here even yeah. though it's an indie. Yeah. It's a small film. There were definitely expectations. The soundtrack alone. The soundtrack yeah, alone money. is great.
2: Beautiful camera work in yeah. this movie. Like mm-hmm. it is very well shot.
3: Yes. And it's funny cuz now it feels almost naturalistic whereas at the time it felt super stylized. It felt yeah. very like retro vintage. Wow, they're doing this 80s look. Mm-hmm. But now things are art directed so heavily that it feels like you know like more
2: naturalistic. Yeah.
1: And also, it had a big cast for being such oh, yeah. a like small "quote unquote" movie. You know, Drew
2: Barrymore and Patrick Swayze are two pretty heavy hitting mm-hmm. actors in Hollywood. Mary McDonald as well. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. um, yeah. So the 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 Gyllenhaal siblings, the
2: Gyllenhaal <laughs> yes. siblings. Yep, and the chemistry is there. It is. It is there. Um, I I think it was Richard Kelly when talking on the commentary or something of that when his casting director mentioned, oh, Jake has a sister and she's really good. And he's like, well, why would I cast Jake's sister while I could just get the real thing? So Maggie was kind of a no-brainer. Yeah. Yeah. And, And of course, we haven't even mentioned the legendary Beth. Oh, Beth Grant? Beth Grant. Uh, Take Jennifer Connelly's (laughs) 2001 supporting actress away and give it to Beth Grant. She's so good in this movie.
0: (laughs) She
1: is actually really good. And Beth Grant does that thing where she can play these, and forgive me for using the term shrewish, shrew characters, Mm -hmm. but she gives them this heart that when it comes down to these moments of like, you know, I don't think that you are fully you know, committing to Sparkle Motion, you just feel for I her. I mean, she really does. Yeah, yeah. that's you know? such an iconic line. <laughs> and even, even in something like Speed, where you're just like, stay uh, in the bus, crazy lady. Oh, but you, know. just, you just feel for her and the anxiety and all that. She just does that character really, really well. And um, yeah, she's great in The Office and
2: mm-hmm.
1: the dinner party episode. Oh, that's
2: right. She comes there <laughs> as uh, Dwight's, uh, Dwight's uh,
1: date. date. Slash former uh, babysitter. That's right. <laughs>
3: yeah, and she really helps sell the. Com- I mean, this film is a very multi hyphen genre, yeah. mm-hmm. and she really helps sell the comedy. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and again, I mean, we can. I'll talk. I could talk endlessly. This feels very forward and or influential. In that, you know, it's like six different genres. It's, it's it's a period piece in the way that like a lot of streaming services do series now like yeah. Stranger Things and yep. It Follows mm-hmm. or one of those, uh,
2: you know, uh, Ty West or Adam Wingard films. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And I feel like at the time, Richard was never beating you over the head with references or, like, Easter eggs to other movies. Like, they're clearly there. Like, the kind of the sphere coming out of the chest is very, like, the abyss. Mm-hmm. Them oh, uh, yeah, yeah. riding their bikes in the dark. That kind of reminds me of E.T. There's a little but poltergeist I, Poltergeist, yeah. yeah. A Halloween. It, but, but I feel like it yeah. never beats you over the head with it. I, I agree. It's kind like, of properties do now. Its references are more sophisticated and subtle. Yeah.
1: It's like kids aren't, like, running around and, like you know, tube socks and, right. like, you know. Oh, God, yeah. And, like, I dolphin shorts mean. and all and that. And
3: then there, there's, like, crazy wallpaper and yeah. the lighting <laughs> scheme is neon pink and orange. Yeah. And, you know, you're like, it's like it okay. quite
2: all look like safe by the This was not 1988. I, <laughs> I do have to say, the Darko's kitchen looks very modern for being 1988. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't know if just oh, your... Wasn't paying attention. Your random family would have a stainless steel Oh, the stainless steel fridge. fridge. They, they are, Maybe. like, country club Republicans. They look a little affluent, And it kind of yeah. goes out of its way. Which, mm-hmm. again...
3: Unfortunately, with that modern political – like, I just kept seeing them as, like, old-school Republican yes. and then yeah. Beth Grant as the, like, Trumpian, like, right. new, like, yeah.
2: level of, like
3: – They just don't want to
2: be time. hit hard with their taxes. Right. Yep.
1: I feel like the mother character, Mary McDonald. maybe I feel like in another version she could have been, like, like the ex-hippie, like – Mom sure. and the dad being a little bit more like staunchly she's, Republican. She,
3: those moms that would secretly vote, yes, the yeah. other way, and not, she, not tell her friends. Yeah, exactly. Because she she's was there. Like she might be. Up.
2: She might be voting
1: for Dukakis.
2: Yeah. in the eighty-eight election. I don't know yes.
1: Dukakis, man. I know he was. I know he was on the ballot, but damn, what a <laughs> what
0: an election! <laughs>
1: that was uh, not much to, to choose from with those two.
2: So before we get too into discussing the movie, this. Is our sixth Drew Barrymore movie that we've done. Oh my goodness. So it should be. Uh, And (laughs) you've been on for Poison Ivy, that really fun episode. Mm. But the six are Never Been Kissed, Batman Forever, Poison Ivy, Scream, Charlie's Angels Full Throttle, and now Donnie Darko. Wow. Mm -hmm.
1: And this is our first Flower Films production.
2: (laughs) Uh, uh, (laughs) Is it? No. I mean, we've covered other flower films before on the podcast, Um, but before we get too far into it, I put together a little Drew quiz. Love it. All right. All right. So of all of these movies, if you need like a reminder, just ask me, Mm -hmm. what is the least amount of screen time of all of these movies that she's had? So when I did these numbers, I did count the entire scene, even Mm -hmm. though the scenes sort of cut away from her sometimes. So I did count okay. the entire bulk of the scene. I think I'm pretty confident
3: in my answer.
2: How All about right. you, Peter?
1: Uh, yeah, I believe so. Why don't you go ahead and uh, I
2: would assume it's Batman. Yeah. I would have forever. to say Batman, forever. Both Batman forever. She is in about nine minutes of that movie. Okay. Oh, that's that's not that's that's right. surprising. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nine minutes—that's so, what I would have thought Nicole Kidman's figure was. Yeah. So, Scream, she's in about twelve minutes and thirty-four Ooh, seconds. Okay, uh, yeah. if you're going to clock that entire A opening, very memorable twelve minutes. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so we, so we were right on that one
1: with mm-hmm. nine minutes.
2: Yep. <laughs> All right, you're correct. Yay! So, uh, what was the highest-grossing movie of this bunch? Oh.
1: Give give me the options again.
2: Never Been Kissed, Batman Forever, Poison Ivy, Scream, Charlie's Angels Full Throttle, or Donnie Darko? Unfortunately, it's,
3: again, probably Batman.
0: I think I gotta go with Batman. That <laughs> yeah, was over $336 million. Uh,
2: what is the lowest grossing movie?
1: Ooh. Ooh. I'm gonna I, say Poison Ivy because it's oh, very yeah.
2: indie, didn't, probably didn't get a big um, release. I'm gonna go with... Donnie Darko. Ooh. So you would think it would be Donnie Darko, but I guess that Donnie Darko's box office gross did come back around when it was released in Europe. Like, okay. I think it was a semi-sleeper hit in England. All right. All right. So it is Poison Ivy, and that grossed just under $2 million. Oh, wow. In a very under-the-radar release. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, which of these movies came out first? Uh, uh,
1: Poison Ivy?
2: Yeah. Poison Ivy. I was like, did you say Firestarter? <laughs> I know. Was
1: ET on this list? <laughs> um, what
2: movies of this group were released in the summer? Oh, okay. Oh. Summer release. We can do this. Can yep. do this.
3: Not Scream. Scream did not come out in summer. Batman that was, did. That was
2: a December Christmas release. Right? Scream? Right.
3: Yep.
2: Yeah. Okay. Uh, so Batman, Batman did. Okay. Yep. Batman Forever. And what's the other Probably one? Probably Charlie's Angels? Yes. Charlie's Absolutely. Angels Full Throttle came out, I believe, June of 2003. So did um, Never Been Kissed. Never Been Kissed was April, oh, so spring. Way. Oh. Mm-hmm. But we no, got Oh,
1: I thought th- I was right. But those two were correct, yeah. and that's it? You're right.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Which of these movies are flower films? Ooh, I've got to say Never Been Kissed is.
1: I would say Never Been Kissed. And-
2: Never Been Kissed, I believe, is the first flower film. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. In 1999. Okay. Yeah. And what are the other two? Okay, so Donnie Darko. Donnie Darko, yep.
1: And, uh, Not Batman. Batman. <laughs> Not Batman. Uh, uh, Charlie's oh, Angels? Oh, yeah, yeah. Charlie's Angels. Yep.
3: Mm-hmm. I've read she, she made an insane amount of money oh, off of Charlie's yeah. Angels, okay. so her, I think
2: her company mm-hmm. okay. was... Okay. Well, and I think well, that probably like the wild sure. success of Drew Barrymore in the early 2000s did help this movie... Donnie Darko get made with the amount of money for an independent movie that you normally wouldn't put towards a bizarre movie like this. Drew just kind of had this way of that. I'm going to be playing the English teacher in this movie and I'm producing it. They were, I wonder how it was pitched or
3: sold. I'm assuming they were like, it's like American beauty meets (laughs) like, you know, a Stephen King novel. And and Twin Peaks. I don't know. Twin Peaks. Yeah. Like exactly.
2: Yeah. But we,
1: we also can't, we'd be remiss if we failed to mention Drew's partner, Nancy Juvonin. Yeah. Oh. Mrs. And, Jimmy Fallon. And
2: Nancy is like a main producer on Donnie Darko. She's not yeah. an exec. Um, so, uh, two other questions really quick. Ooh. Which of these movies was almost rated NC 17? Poison they ivy. put uh, Scream. It, when they put it to the <laughs> MPAA, they brought it back with an NC 17. I'm saying Poison Ivy Scream. It's Scream. It's Scream. It's scream. Yep. <laughs>
0: There are shots of
2: Drew that they had to cut frames of in that opening okay. scene. Too gory. Oh, That's when she's the lore. H- when she's being hung from the tree,
1: but Tom Skerritt's naked butt is thrusting. It is <laughs> thrusting. Yeah, I would love
2: to see the MPA notes on that movie. And uh, last one. The last question: What were the MTV Movie Award nominated performances? Oh. Best kiss for never been kissed. Yep.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I'm so good. Um. There's one more. Uh, worst wig for scream. I don't know. Like, <laughs>
1: um. Is it like best. Is there like a best death? Uh, is there a
2: best cameo? No. No. Um. Not that she's nominated for. When
3: did were they
2: around when Poison Ivy even came around? I think that they were. Okay. I think it was the early years of the MTV movie. That Awards. might have also. I would have I given know, that a best Kiss best kiss with her and uh,
1: and Darlene Connor. Aldo. Yeah, I don't know that that's that, that's that's in there. Um, is there some kind of like? I'll give a you a hint. Duo, it is it is, it is a duo. shared nomination. Yeah, it the oh, it's got to be Charlie's, Charlie's Angels. It's
2: Charlie's yeah. Angels. But what's the what's the award? I think that it's like Team. best team or Action something. team, right? Yeah, action team. Yeah. That's so there's our flip. there's our Drew quiz. She's kind of like our big sister of the yeah, podcast. Love you, Drew Barrymore. We do. I was saying I prefer her in more serious roles. Than That's interesting. Did, okay. Yeah. I feel like the closest that Drew has ever gotten to Oscar has been Greg Ardens, and she won a Globe for that. Yeah, I think she's like a really good little lady in that movie.
1: She did win the Golden Globe for that, didn't she? Yep. Yeah, she didn't get an Emmy, but she got a Golden Globe. She is very right. good in that movie. Love it.
2: But yeah, I think that's kind of the closest that Drew's going to get to a be. A major acting award. A yeah. major acting award.
1: Yeah. Do, well, mm-hmm. she's, got that, she's got that Barrymore name.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do, uh, do you watch any of her of her talk show? We watch oh, clips of it on, I always, on I YouTube. I watch the YouTube clips. Yeah. Did you watch the, the one of her going around to random places in L.A. and getting all emotional? Like she no. was going in her old laundromat that she when she emancipated herself at like fourteen, she just went to go live with some friends and like I mean it look it look kinda looks like West Hollywood. Kinda looks West Hollywood ish,
1: but it also kinda looks like I don't know, like Little Armenia kind of like area. Uh-huh. Like
2: East East Hollywood. But
1: see to me, when I hear that a minor uh like actor gets emancipated from their parents it's mostly just so that they can work longer hours but they usually still live with like a parent or whatever when drew emancipated herself from her mother at 14 she moved
2: out she packed her shit yeah. and moved out lived yep.
1: as a a a child a parentless child at 14, what judge is like sure go for do yes that's the that's the right path for you who in in LA, what judge did that? That's crazy
2: talk. So she goes to, and that, that had
1: to be the early nineties. Mm-hmm. She was born in seventy five, so she was fourteen. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? That's crazy.
3: So
2: she goes to a few of her apartments. She goes to the laundromat that she would go and wash clothes at.
3: But she couldn't. I mean, she always kind of had money. She didn't have like a well, washer though.
1: But
2: that's the thing is, I don't know how. I think her
3: mom was
1: well like, off. She mom kept was, it all. Yeah, I think. She, The mom was a little cuckoo, but I
2: I think that they were pretty far removed from the Barrymores at that time in the eighties when she was acting. So I don't know how well well off they were back then. I don't know,
1: and I think her mother married into it, and there was like but she was always working, always working. I mean, until she kind of had you know her little her downward spiral. At like twelve or whatever. oh, no. that's so crazy. <laughs> but I mean, this is this is what's crazy about Drew Drew Barrymore as like an actress, a business person. It's like she's had like that lowest lows, and she crawled out of it. You know, it's like nowadays you see people that like fall like that, and it's rare for somebody mm-hmm. to come back and have yeah. this big rebound. One of the highest paid actors, career. like
2: we mentioned in the early two thousands, mm-hmm. around the time Donnie Darko came out, and she just had the sway yeah. of I on the. On the bonus materials of Donnie Darko, they talk about how this movie got made. And it was Jason Schwartzman had attached his name to it. And when Rushmore came out, Drew and Nancy were just wondering what Jason was up to because they really liked Rushmore. And that's how they found Donnie Darko. Wow! And eventually Jason dropped out, but they just kept on with the project. That is interesting and
3: that is – it makes you like Drew Moore in that you're like, wow, she actually like was genuinely interested in like film and discovering new talent and like unique stories and this material. Not afraid to
2: make a very ambitious and complicated movie for the time.
3: Right, and and she, like you mentioned, she's this like child actress who like barely got out a- alive, yeah. and she had all these insane highs and lows. And there are a few of them like her from the '80s, like a uh, you know a Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. or uh, who else has really like gone up and down that way? Eddie Murphy, uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but you don't see them making these like cool indies <laughs> in their spare yep. time. They're like you know buying islands and just like. I don't
1: know. <laughs> vanity projects, really. Right. Or, yeah. You know, when, when you get to that point where you can do kind of anything in Hollywood, a lot of actors go for the vanity project that, in the case of, like, maybe Robert Downey Jr., like you said, you get something like <laughs> but, I mean, I yeah. guess that, no.
2: I mean, would you even classify something like Charlie's Angels as a vanity project? Because No, because no. she Drew collaborated like, so Drew much. collaborated yeah. on that movie a lot yeah. with Mick G and Lucy and Cam. Yeah. Agreed. Well, I mean, it's and it, it's not like her fingerprints
1: are all over this movie either because it's I don't know, maybe you would think just offhandedly that Flower Films would just be like lighter romantic comedies kind of a thing.
2: Or we're going to make Drew the clear lead of this movie. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh
1: her character in this is <laughs> funny. Uh okay, so cards on the table. I haven't watched this. Well, when did we go see this We in the We theater. saw
2: a screening of this at the Arrow Theater probably around like 2017, I think.
1: Oh, was it that long ago? Wow. I think that it was a couple years ago. Okay. And the Arrow Theater featured in Donnie Darko. Mm-hmm. Yeah. saw yes. a screening of it there in Santa Monica. Before that, I hadn't seen this movie in many, many years. I really, really liked it when it first came out. I was all about it. A uh, good friend of mine, Moran, she was on... Uh, Earth Girls Are Easy, and Girls Baby, Are Easy. Baby Boom, yep. mm-hmm. Boom episode. She made me a Donnie Darko T-shirt for my birthday that I wore till it fell apart. I was Aww. very into it. I thought Jake Gyllenhaal was very dreamy at the time, but in between then and seeing it at the Arrow, and then watching it now, um, I got—I don't know—I kind of had different. Thoughts, different feelings on the movie on the tone um Same. So drew's character is, is funny to me you know she has this big moment you know when she gets fired in the movie <laughs> and she goes outside and screams fuck and i'm just like did you love your job that much like <laughs> it's just your job um yeah, so I, I definitely, my, my feelings have, have changed, have aged, uh, you know, with the movie. It's still good and I still appreciate what's going on there. But I think, you know, when we were young and this movie first came out, uh, yeah. I think we were just like assigning so much, I don't know, more to it.
2: Donnie Darko is an outsider. I'm an
3: outsider. (laughs) I even remember it being so popular that there was a backlash where it sort of became a cliche. Like, I like indie films. I like Donnie Darko. And people would be like, you're an idiot. But then it sort of has, like we, we mentioned earlier, it has kind of, Gone away where it seems like people actually don't watch it anymore. But I think a lot of people working in the industry now definitely were inspired by it. Yes. But it doesn't seem to really be like on a like list of like top 10 movies to watch from the early 2000s. Or yeah. It seems to sort of uh, – the legacy isn't quite –
1: Like, visually, maybe. I feel like Frank the Bunny is kind of an iconic image that people know. But yeah, I think you're right. It's not something that, like, I don't know that, like, Gen Z kids are like, oh, you know what movie I just discovered? Right. I feel like they don't give a shit about this movie at all.
3: It has to be. It's such a major launching pad for Jake Gyllenhaal and his entire Mm. career. I assume, like, every casting agent saw it and was like, look what he can do. Let's cast him.
1: Because before that, he.
3: I mean, I first remember remember
2: seeing him in October Sky.
3: Right. But he's like a frumpy adolescent in that. Mm -hmm. And like,
2: suddenly it was like, this is young man. Yeah. So we're, I guess that we're just getting into the Jake Gyllenhaal of it all. So this is kind of why I wanted to do a Jake Gyllenhaal episode. Because I feel like us in the gay community, we're sometimes protective over him. Like, we mm-hmm. tried to claim him for a while. I was going to say,
1: do you remember that era when everyone was just like, is he? too cute he... <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, yeah, there was definitely a period where I was very much like,
2: all right. And he was that one. perfect um, young man when we were teenagers and in our early 20s of that you saw this cute kid in movies like October Sky and Bubba Boy and Donnie Darko, and you were just like... Who is this cute brunette kid? <laughs> I remember seeing... I went and saw Moonlight Mile. Yeah, with Dustin Hoffman and Susan Sarandon. Yep. Just because
3: Jake yeah, was in it. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I mean,
2: well, it's Susan. But. Sure. Well,
1: yeah. Um, I remember specifically... What's the one with uh, Jennifer Aniston? The, uh,
2: the,
0: the good, good girl. girl. And he oh, plays yeah. that character type...
2: He played that character type mm-hmm. a, lot a lot in the early 2000s. Or in... Um,
3: have you seen Lovely and Amazing? Lovely and Amazing, yeah. Is that the one he's
2: in? The Kohlhoff Center, yeah. Yeah, where mm-hmm. she's
3: having... He's, like, underage, and she's, like, having an affair with
2: him. And that's kind that's of another so movie good. of this, like, cute, quirky outsider. Yeah. yeah. Well, mm-hmm.
1: what I was going to say about uh, the Jennifer Aniston one was that was when I noticed that, like, women like straight women were like, Ooh, that Jake Gyllenhaal. And there's specifically a scene. There's like a sex scene with him and Jennifer Aniston. And I remember like coworkers being like, Oh my God, that was like the hottest scene I've ever seen in my life. Mm -hmm. I was like, really? It was cool. But like, I wasn't, whatever it wasn't that. And then after that, like all the girls that I knew that would talk about that movie were like that sex scene with Jake Gyllenhaal and Jennifer Aniston was just like the hottest thing ever. And I was like, he's not for you. (laughs) <laughs> right.
3: And then do you kind of remember when he sort of went to his head and he was aware of it and mm-hmm. they were doing like Anne Hathaway where he's like crazy buff and showing this. Yeah. And it just for me, the magic was gone. Like, you yep. know, you know, you're hot and yeah. you're like, you just did 300 sit ups before the take. And yeah, yeah. well, it Had, hadn't drank water. And like of course days. there was Brokeback Mountain and Brokeback yes. Mountain
2: was a huge deal for both him and and Heath both got Oscar nominations for it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like they've sort of tried to replicate that in the 15 years since Brokeback Mountain, and they've never quite nailed it. No, and I feel
3: like Jake got the short end of the stick with Brokeback. It was kind of all about Heath, and Jake was sort of like, even though he was arguably... I Was he the bigger star at that time? I mean, than Heath? I feel American like that made yeah. Heath bigger. I would say so. And
2: didn't do a ton of Although, for Heath Ledger's kind of his it's, it's, movies like A Night's Tale and Ten Things I Hate About You were huge.
3: Yeah, but I feel like Jake was seen as the more like legitimate Actor-y, actor at yeah, that time. Yeah,
2: yeah I, I definitely agree
1: with
0: that. Yeah.
3: Um,. And then suddenly it was all about Heath after Mm Brokeback. It's bottom discrimination. (laughs) Again, another instance. And it was like (laughs) – and he also sort of stepped out where they were like – he actually like a healthier approach. He like had another boyfriend, right, or a side piece – in the time did, between yes. whereas that was kind of vilified and it was like well right. he's the one real true love
2: he uh he hits on the sheriff from stranger things you remember that yes, yes. David, harbour, david harbour david harbour which yep. is another like
3: such a gay now in stranger things he's again like <laughs> part of that ero- deeply erotic gay yes. male fandom. kind of has just become this bear icon yes <laughs> and he's in bro and again like broke
1: back like what a career yeah yeah Um, Brokeback Mountain, though, I feel like was kind of a breakthrough, not just for Jake and Heath, but kind of like for, like, I don't know, like my parents and like my aunt to go see it, was They were like having discussions with me about it. it was
2: mainstream queer cinema. And being from Montana, it was a fairly hotly debated thing, especially with like family members who were like cowboys and just like, I'm not seeing that, I'm not seeing that queer movie about gay cowboys. So people from Montana... Definitely had an opinion about that movie when it came out, right? Yeah, and did
3: Jake already have like gay rumors at that? Time? Oh yeah, for sure. So it's sort yeah. of interesting. I always kind of knew he was straight, yeah. only because yeah. I was like, I'm too attracted to you, <laughs> so you're not gay. But yeah, totally. um, I thought at the time, I was like, that's kind of cool. Like he didn't he he didn't care. He leaned yeah. into it. Yeah, and we talked about this earlier when we did *Talented Mr. Ripley*. Jude Law. Playing yes, gay, yeah. it was sort of almost in vogue to be like, maybe oh, yeah. I am. So what? he likes to like, be Ewan McGregor. He likes like the to same be. Thing, yeah. He likes to be desired by both, but it, it wasn't quite the gay baiting we see now. Where like no. a Jonas brother, no, is, not like, to this You, level. Know, like, you yeah. nasty pig, jockstrap, like <laughs> asking you to like, give him mon- oh, money or geez something. Jeez Louise!
1: So all right, so we spent a good portion of our going out days here in L.A. Right, mm-hmm. and I think that Mike, you and I have had our own particular run-ins.
2: I've never had a
3: Jake with, with L.A. run-in. We've, We've had, had citing... several. I've had several. He might be the most <laughs> celebrity
2: I've seen in the wild in LA. <laughs> yeah, he must have like lived in in, in on the East Side. I I think he, he, strikes me as, he strikes me as someone that would be out of Los Feliz or Silver Lake. Yeah, yeah,
3: I guess so. Although I saw him at the Burbank IKEA once ah. with Kirsten Dunst,
2: Ooh. buying amazing. Like,
3: A million and one towels. I almost, I mean, this was so long ago. It was probably like 05, 06. Like maybe he was still like, he owned like an, you know, like a rental unit that he was stocking up on or something. (laughs) I don't know. But they were together. (laughs) I was shook. I was like floored. I mean. That's a good one. It was. And they both looked like magical, like, you know, flawless skin. No pores. (laughs) Just beautiful Jake and Kirsten. And then the second time, and then I'll let you go. Was at um, the Alcove. I know that was another one, which is like outdoor restaurant in Silver Lake. Mm. And he was a buff. Ooh. And I remember thinking, what are you about to be in? Because like you Prince look like an action figure. Yeah. I want to say it might have been Prince like Persia? A, yeah. the problematic but, Prince yes. of Persia.
1: Never could get made
3: today. Um, no. <laughs> and, you know, he just eaten a ton of food. And then I feel like there was another one, but... It, it it escapes me, but it, it became a point where it's like, oh, it's just Jake Gyllenhaal. Right. It's yeah. not a
1: big deal anymore. Um, I saw him out. Uh, I would see him at shows a lot. So once I just kind of saw him in passing, probably I want to say was, uh, like at the troubadour, probably, right? The first time. Mm-hmm. And that I was just like, there he is over there. And then, uh, Later that evening, we were we ended up at Fred sixty two in Silver Lake, and mm. Fred sixty two is open all night, very late into the late. night, four a.m. I feel like, like that. Jake loves to eat. I think we're
3: always going to have restaurants.
1: I yes. So we saw, and this was bef- this was like right before Donnie Darko came out because we were like Bubble Boy following us all over L.A. Really? There he <sighs> is, and at the end of the night, and it's very late. It's probably like two two thirty, almost three o'clock in the morning. Him and his pals get out, go out of uh Fred sixty two, get in a town car with a driver sitting Ooh, in the front. Yeah wow and drive off. So that fool that driver was sitting outside on like one of those side streets just waiting for him. Second time I see him, it is at a Rilo Kylie show. Oh my
2: God. With his, mean, with his then girlfriend, Jenny Lewis. Jenny Lewis. East Side Royalty. E- yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm telling you. Jenny Lewis is also someone that, like, okay, we have to know someone that knows her. Oh, we like, do. Like, how far? I, no, like, we, are one, like, like, we are one or two degrees from Jenny Lewis. Yeah. yeah.
1: Jose could text her right now. Mm-hmm. I could text Jose and be like, say hi to Jenny Lewis, and you'll send me a screenshot. Um, so I'm at, and this is at the Troubadour for sure. I remember this one specifically. I'm at the Troubadour standing with my friends. And I am not a very tall person. <laughs> and we're standing in the back. And it's not very crowded. Rilo Kylie is kind of a crowd. But it's not super crowded yet. And um, two taller gentlemen walk in and park themselves right in front of me. And they're at least six foot, probably, maybe... 5'11, six foot, maybe 6'1, but they're definitely taller than me and stand in front of me. So I'm like, all right, bozos, right in my way. So they kind of start like uh, swaying with the music and step a little bit back towards me. So I put my foot, kind of put my foot out. So I'm standing Mm -hmm. with my hands on my hips and I just kind of put one foot out. So I'm just kind of leaning forward a little bit. I'm like, you're not going to get in my personal space. It's not that crowded. Stay away. So one of the two steps back, steps right on my foot Uh and kind of like tippy tumbles, falls back into me. And I like catch him like his back with my two hands and kind of stand him up and turns around. He's like, oh, man, I'm so sorry. Like I didn't I didn't see there. Jake Gyllenhaal. You've
2: had physical, physical contact. Physical contact, yes. You almost did like a trust fall.
1: Oh, yeah, very with close. With Jake Gyllenhaal. Yes. And uh, this is, mind you, Troubadour, same space, not the same night, but the same space where I had also a very close, near physical contact with one Mr. Jared Leto. But uh, wow. I digress. He, Jake Gyllenhaal turns around, apologizes. His friend kind of looks at him, looks at me, kind of laughs. The friend, Alex Greenwald. From Donnie Darko, Darko
3: oh, one of the bullies. Yes. Yep. Is that the fashion mullet one? That's the fashion mullet. Oh, he's kind of Fashion
2: Planet. A Phantom Planet. Definitely, oh, right. definitely the type of bully that's gonna like push you into the locker and then you're gonna jerk off thinking about him later. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so but we
1: were kind of in that crowd where we would go to Phantom Planet shows, so I was like familiar with more familiar almost with Alex Greenwald. Right. And, you know, I was like, okay, that was crazy. So then later on that night, we're outside on the sidewalk, just kind of smoking whatever. And Jake and Alex go to leave towards not Ed Debevic's, but what is the Italian restaurant next door to the Troubadour? Oh. And um Jake kind of like, he kind of like looks around or whatever. And like, I was like looking, saw him, caught my eye, and he gave me one, he gave me a little nod, like, hey, because he was like, I stepped on your foot and smashed your toe earlier. Uh, so that was so hot. Yeah, so that was number two. Exciting. That was the best. One. Those are
2: that is a story. And I, I feel gonna... like you would have had to have seen Jason Schwartzman just sort of in the mix of all of this then. I'm, oh well, we would
1: go. We would go to Karis Flower shows all the time, so we would see. I would see Jason perf- play.
2: How pissed do you think that Jason Schwartzman is now that he declined this movie? Hmm. <laughs> I bet that if you get him like drunk yeah, it that he's pretty bitter you about it. You think he wanted it? Yeah. I think he wanted it and probably just well, circumstances yeah. he didn't take it.
1: It seemed like he had it and he yep. walked away. Mhm. So, yeah.
3: I'm sure like Francis was doing so there was, like a, <laughs> you know, a wedding or something.
1: <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, Jake was man about town, you know, and he's cons- he's younger than you, right? I want to say yes because, again,
3: one more – when I was in college, again, this take with a grain of salt – (laughs) i was uh, a film major i had to take acting classes as part of my requirement i secretly loved it because i'm like a ham i mean i'll you know uh, give me a microphone and i won't shut up (laughs) but one of the girls claimed to have like gone to like high school with them and Mm. that she carpooled with them there's always again even if you didn't spot him you could talk to someone who had a who also had a jake jill and he's
2: a child of the industry uh i believe that his mother works in casting i think yeah, mm-hmm. and isn't his father like a DP? I think they're both in it. Well, are you or are you thinking about Zoe Deschanel? Think mm. Deschanel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm thinking Deschanel. One of my of close, Caleb.
3: yeah, friends also went to college with Maggie and has stories. Ooh, at Columbia.
2: All right, I feel like Maggie Gyllenhaal at this time. I was so invested in her climb to the A list that yeah. Maggie Gyllenhaal was that type of actress for, uh, clo- for closeted gay boys that you just sort of latch onto, and you're just like, this is the cool girl. She was in Donnie Darko. She was in Secretary. Mm-hmm. She was in uh, Mona Lisa Smiles with all of them. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I forgot she that was you just that. sort of isn't she, she was the just... hoe in that too. <laughs> that she is. She mm-hmm. is. Yep. She's L- the permissive one, like the butterface hoe. I mean, oh. forgive
3: my.
1: Well, you know, okay. here's the thing. Like, I remember at this time, like super hipstery guys would be like, "Oh yeah, like." the two hottest girls in Hollywood right now are Chloe 70 and Maggie Gyllenhaal. Wow. Yeah. So the both grandma faces? are right. a, Yeah, take them. Which is popular right now again. It's all it's about back. the, like, uh, <laughs> who's
3: that, like, what's her name, the the niece of Joe Biden, that, that like...
2: Oh, sure, yeah. Like Olivia, Olivia Rodrigo? No, the no, actual niece of Joe Biden. No, 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 the, um...
3: Yeah. <laughs> I know you're... I forgot that story. I know that
2: Olivia Rodrigo did go to the White House. You
3: know, the, <laughs> yeah. there's, like, a, some other... Yeah.
1: Oh no, are am I thinking of Kamala Harris's that's stepdaughter? I'm thinking of
3: Kamala Harris's. that's who yeah. yeah. And so that like that's sort of in that vein of the Maggie Gyllenhaal Hall yeah. Savini.
1: Well, I feel like uh Kamala Harris's stepdaughter is also that very like androgynous right. like super androgynous. Yeah.
0: And
3: Ma- I wouldn't say Maggie's androgynous, no. but she is not a typical
2: pinup. Correct. And I kind of like, we talked a little bit about this when our friend Brad was on in our Clueless episode and we got on a weird Maggie Gyllenhaal tangent. Mm-hmm. And he mentioned that he likes that she hasn't sort of taken the route of a leading lady. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that she's okay with just sort of having this fringe success in Hollywood. I, that, that she's maybe. famous and she gets notable supporting roles. But I mean, she kind of knows her lane too.
3: Yes, I am a fan of hers, but she's divisive. I feel like you'll meet a lot of people who can't stand her as yeah. well on on the camera on the on the screen. I do wonder about that too. What her? Because I think she's one tone. I think at this point she's fairly decorated. I think she's one you know, Tony's an, an honorable woman or, was kind of a big deal for. Her. I think that she got um, a Globe or something for it. Mm-hmm. yeah she strikes me as someone who just won't do a project unless the role really fits or
2: she's really interested and in she's it. directing a movie this fall with uh olivia coleman
1: okay mm-hmm. okay well i think my favorite maggie gyllenhaal roles when she took over for uh katie holmes in the Batman. oh that's man right. and that's yeah. a, a moment <laughs> when
3: she gets blowed
1: up that was a moment i mean first of all also, Sherry Baby. We could talk for oh, an hour and a half I'd about I love Sherry, Sherry
2: Baby. Baby. I'm sure that she was sixth in line for Best Actress that year.
1: Sixth in line. Yeah. Well, I think she that she did have I think like, she buzz. just narrowly she missed
2: did. it. She did. I
1: recall. So for those of you at home keeping track, uh, Kamala Harris's stepdaughter, her name is Ella Emhoff. Yes. She's a model. Thank she's vic- you. She's... Actually, quite stunning. And I remember at the inauguration, I was like, "Who is that?" But she does have a little bit of a Doug Henning kind of like '70s magician kind of look. To right, her, you can look her up. Which
3: Maggie looks a little '70s. Oh magician-y. yes, yeah,
1: <laughs> absolutely.
3: Was this a, wasn't her first role?
1: No, she was in Cecil B. Demented in That's 2000. Okay, right. yes, uh, John Waters, Cecil B. Demented, and she's is quite her, funny in Demented. Who's B. her B.
2: filmmaker okay. that she has tattooed on her?
3: I want to say Demented. Kenneth Anger. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I know that the oh, the first her introduction in this film is amazing. It's yeah. the dad with the leaf blower and yes. he like blows it in her face. And I always thought it moment. was
1: very interesting because that scene is shot in slow motion mm-hmm. and uh the actor who plays the dad doesn't re- he's not like laughing or smiling. Right. He's like stone face leaf blower to the face Maggie mm-hmm. Gyllenhaal. And then finally, as she like runs off and he kind of turns, then he kind of starts laughing and gets more playful. But I remember initially seeing that, going like, whoa, the dad's weird. Yeah. What's going on? Uh, I definitely get from her character in this movie, uh, the older sister in Poltergeist. But oh, yeah. Just like kind of comes and goes, just kind of like, what's going on? And then like the big crazy shit hits the fan and she's like just coming home from like a date or something. That's so true.
3: Yeah.
2: I, so Pete didn't catch on until this viewing. I think that I had to tell him that her boyfriend is Frank the Rabbit, James Duvall. I forgot. And he drops her off oh, in the in the Trans Am car. Right. And he's honking at her. When she closes the door. Yeah. Totally. Yes. So technically, he's in one of the early scenes who of the movie. Who is that actor? It's James, James, Duvall, James Duvall? Yeah. From okay. Boom. I'm.
3: Yeah. And I, when I Doom was. Doom Generation? Yes. I was like. Yeah. I knew it was a Gregoraki ish yes. I was like,
1: I know who this is. More importantly, Independence
0: Day. Yes. Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> uh,
1: so we were just watching some special features. And
2: James Duvall, we love.
0: I, mm, me too. He's, he's
2: commented on one of our Instagrams. He has. Yeah.
1: Um, uh, um, I first uh, saw James Duvall in The Doom Generation and was just like, oh, my God, this kid is great. I love this.
2: He has that, like, surfer Keanu Reeves voice, too. Um, yes.
1: He is in the special features of this movie. And he's talking about this movie like a fucking super fan. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's kind of amazing. He is, like, giving you, like... a. Forensic, like college level, like breakdown of this movie, and you're just like, all right, James Duval
3: like he's sweet. loving it. Yeah, I feel like this was for a lot of straight men too yeah. of that era. This yeah. film kind of really speaks to them, yes, in a way that is hardcore and intense. But yeah. it does have like for something for the gays. We've got Drew, and we've got uh, you got you Beth, all Beth Grant, Beth Grant, all <laughs> the and great we actresses. get like. Uh, Child pageant dance mm-hmm. numbers and Patrick Swayze. I yeah. mean, there's a lot.
1: I have some questions about Sparkle Motion and the sister, Sam. This actress looks seven. Oh, the eight there <laughs> Oh <laughs> my god, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like What's it's probably
2: on? written for a a younger age, and then they landed on her, but they didn't really adjust any of the dialogue. I
1: don't know if I feel like it that the role was for an older, I older guess. actually. Because yeah. the oh, other sure. two
3: kids are like, the girls I mean, Maggie in. looks like she's got a 401k already, yes. like,
1: but also gotta, like, like Sam's friends come in and they're t- they look older than her, the other girls in Sparkle yeah. Motion look older than her, and like they come in and are like hot goss like all this stuff and you're like she looks like a first grader right and they're uh, and they're out there like talking like all this like ish and i'm like oh okay she seems like a little small like size wise Mm -hmm. so maybe that's why she just seems younger i don't know maybe they
2: answer all these questions in s darko uh the straight to video sequel is there a sequel?
3: A oh, up, yeah. oh, did you not S know about the Darko. sequel? We S. Darko. We should have watched that With, and talked um, about it. Oh, man. With that at uh,
2: Ed, uh, Ed Westwick from Gossip Girl and Elizabeth uh, Berkeley. Oh, no. Who directed it? Hmm.
3: Alan Smithy?
1: Not, not, yeah, exactly. But it's the sister, uh, Samantha, and it's the actress, Devi Chase, who, is uh, she Lilo and Stitch? Lilo and
2: Stitch she and Samara Lilo. from The Ring. There you go. And it's
1: called
3: S. Darko? Yes. Shouldn't it be? Yeah. Uh, I I'm not even gonna. Uh, I don't. We have a. Let's let's move on and
2: talk about the yeah. actual movie. Do
1: I have problems with the name Darko? I don't know.
2: Well, I mean, it's like uh, Jenna Malone says. What kind of a name is Donnie Darko? That sounds like, like a superhero.
1: Hero. Uh, yeah. So I'm just saying, like, it just sounds made up. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a Marvel name. Yeah. Totally. The alliteration, and that's on purpose. Mm-hmm. But. um jenna malone we haven't even talked
3: about <gasps> i've seen her in the wild I too uh, i have seen we jenna malone, malone on broadway i
2: saw her Ooh. in doubt she was the Ooh, she, was the, Meryl was, she was the b cast or like, <laughs> i don't think she was <laughs> there was the, there was the main cast <laughs> of doubt and then they they changed out the actors right. later yeah. on and she was the second uh none the, the Amy second, Adams. The Amy Adams oh. no. She Jenna Malone well, probably there. would have been more suited to the movie than Amy Adams would have been. Oh, you know, to doubt, you think? Yeah. Interesting. But yeah, yeah she was in doubt. She was uh, really good. I saw her
3: on Vashon Island Ooh. in Seattle because that's where she lives now. <laughs> and she was just living her life because I have okay. a friend, a high school friend that lives out there. And they're like, yeah, yeah, she's like... Jenna Malone lives on the island. Jenna, and she's, looked cool. She had, like, tattoos and, like, hmm. you know, she didn't – she just looked like a regular person going yeah. about her life.
1: I thought you meant Fashion Island in Newport Beach. No, oh, no, oh, <laughs> no. the mall. No. <laughs> uh, we call that Fascist Island. Oh, hey. <laughs> back in the OC days. Right. Um, so Jenna Malone always struck me as this kind of girl that, like, she has – like a sweet kind of like child kid actor face, mm. and like you know she was in stepmom and that kind of thing, and I kind of just expected her to be in more of these roles as like the daughter, maybe a little bit more precocious. But she always chose things that were a little bit more edgy. Yeah, than I, her looks yeah. kind of. It was.
2: Like. I think that she did this and Dangerous Life of Alter Boys back to back. Mm-hmm. I guess so she yeah. definitely had a type. And when was saved? Saved was oh four. 4 There you go. So right yep. after.
3: I get strong Kristen Stewart-y vibes. Oh, sure. Like, yeah. She Definitely, stole yeah. my career. Yeah. That's like if I were doing <laughs> I a mean, like, I feel like you know, if yeah. you were
2: like in the casting office, it would be uh, Kristen Stewart, Jenna Malone, and Evan Rachel Wood. That you'd be looking right. at their headshots and, in a row.
3: And, cr- you know, clearly one's a little more glamorous than the other. Mm-hmm. But in general, like the, even their acting style, you yes, know, yeah. she has like a similar like,
2: yeah, like, Kind of moody, twitchy in her head, mm-hmm. troubled teen, yeah they're they're probably about five years removed from each other, yeah, so, they're mm-hmm. definitely
3: a, a, Jenna's
1: a little older, a little older, yeah a little bit a little bit, baby um,
2: bit yeah,
1: but she's really good
2: in this, yeah, I think mm-hmm. that she's doing a really good job in this movie. I love her uh opening scene where she walks into the classroom. may we help you? yeah I just registered and they put me
0: in the wrong English class you look like you belong here um where do I sit sit next to the boy you think is the cutest (laughs) quiet better choose
2: to get up. Uh, could, inappropriate. You imagine, could you imagine if that would have happened in your high school? <laughs>
1: inappropriate.
3: I mean, it... It didn't, but I do remember having occasionally, like, shockingly inappropriate relationships with teachers. Sure. And I feel like the film sort of being like, this is that one teacher yeah. that you remember that was, like, actually still in her 30s and still had a libido and was kind of <laughs> cool and not, like, incredibly, like, ground down
2: and jaded. and like she wore some, and She wore up. some nice earth tones in this movie.
3: <laughs> yeah. I remember in high school, okay, my science teacher... Her name changed halfway through the year because she got a divorce, Ooh. was very public about it, like, I am no longer Mrs. Johnson. <laughs> I am now Mrs. Lukens. And people would just go in on it. And, you know, they're like, what happened? Well, why'd you get divorced? You know, oh like, God. people, oh the God. boundaries yeah. between... And, and also, when substitute teachers would Ouch. come in, they were also, yeah. like, such fair game. Oh, people yeah. would just go in on them and ask them, like, the rudest, most inappropriate personal questions.
1: Teenagers, man.
2: But I like that so. Drew's teacher, like, she doesn't put up with any shit with all of these students yeah like calls them out to their face i love that and she cares she's yeah. like read graham green
1: yeah um the i feel like the role is kind of a, a little bit of a departure from drew because she like she's trying to be a little bit more hard-edged maybe than drew barrymore like the woman so you can mm-hmm. kind of feel it when she like tells the one girl who's kind of i don't know if she's supposed to be kind of like a know-it-all in the class or whatever that she's kind of like uh get out move.
2: Move. Go find another seat. And she is um, she's Noah Wiley's wife? Because they're a couple. I think they're They're just boning. Yeah.
1: I think they're just boning. (laughs) Noah Wiley also I did like in the classroom scene when Seth Rogen Oh,
3: yeah. That was such a real naturalistic, uh, good way to get out. Yeah. He's He's just just like, get out. That's how it happened. Because
1: a lot of times in movies, kids say stuff to the teacher's face and the teacher just doesn't acknowledge it. And you're just like, I would have been expelled from school for saying that (laughs) to a teacher, to their face, if they could hear it. And they never, you know, never gets acknowledged. And in this one, they said it. He heard it and was like, get out. You know, go to the dean, whatever, wherever they have to go. principal. Yeah. So, um... Love that. And No Wiley was another one in like the early days of ER when I was like, ooh, he's cute. But mm-hmm. I was also like 15 or whatever. So I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if I really had my, like, my type down yet. But I always kind of thought that he was really good looking as mm-hmm. like a you know, younger man. Mm-hmm. Um, so I appreciated that he was in this. I was like, oh, there's just so many cute people to look at in this movie.
2: When you first watched this movie in your initial viewing, mm-hmm. did you wonder what did you walk away understanding? I remember when I first rented this movie because I had read about Donnie Darko in Teen Movie Line magazine. I think Love that it. they had a write up of Movie <laughs> Sundance Movies or like they had like a fall preview mm-hmm. and there's like, well, this is what Drew Barrymore's up to. She's producing a movie with October Skies Jake Gyllenhaal and I'll always remember what how they described the movie. And they said Jake Gyllenhaal is this loner outsider that makes a deal with the Grim Reaper. Well, that is, And, not you're like, and no. I remember that's sort of the movie that I thought I was going into when, because I rented this movie very quick when it came out on DVD, because mm. I was looking forward to this movie and I would sort of track how it was doing on Yahoo movies, which wasn't that good. And I remember initially watching it and just being like, I don't understand any of this movie. Was yes. that sort of your uh, initial reaction to it? I want to say I
3: like I was still at that age too though, where I was a little pretentious and like really, yeah. I understand it. Yes, yeah. I understand it because it does. It's clever enough to sort of still string you along. Like you're not yeah. completely lost or confused, but you're right. Like things. Keep happening that are intriguing, which again it kind of pr- pr- uh, anticipated that era of lost and puzzle box narratives yeah. Yeah. and like what's behind it, what's behind. And the mm-hmm. truth is that the answer is always a little unsatisfying. Yes. And when it finally yeah. loops yes. back at the end, and you realize, oh, it's like this time portal loop and this airplane crashed, mm-hmm. but it like fell, you know. And you're like, mm-hmm. okay, All right. That's you know, it. That's and,
1: it. yeah. And it's like, yeah, I I, I get like the linear part of it not the linear part of it, but i mean i get what they're trying what they're showing us mm-hmm. but i think maybe we don't get like why like why, why? did it miss Dan- donny the first time why is he s- trapped in this loop why is he seeing frank why is blah 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 but that part of it i it's like okay we don't get we don't understand but it's like the mechanics of it it's like it missed him the first time because he was sleepwalking yes but then the second time he decided to s- he decided to stay home, right? But
2: he was sleepwalking
3: because it was like communicating
2: yeah. and interacting with them. Yeah. and So it, where does it begin and all that? Stuff. And it, well, and yeah. it's it's kind of a fate that he's going to save Jenna Malone's character. Well, not too. the world too. In, in right? the, world, the world,
1: yeah. Um, I will never forget being in the Arrow Theater watching the screening. And Richard Kelly is there. Oh, my and God. There's a and a afterwards. And he's like, you know, in the many years since this movie's come out, people ask me all the time, what does it mean? You know, what does it mean? What's right. behind it? Why? You know, what's what's going on? And he's like, I was a very young man when I wrote this. It doesn't really have this greater existential meaning. It's just kind of like you said, this puzzle box of a thing they were meant to put together. But at the end of the day, it's not, you know, like. There's not this big, great mystery right. behind it that I can unravel for you. So just kind of like understand that that's kind of where I was when I made it and blah, blah, blah. First question in the Q&A. He's like, all right, who's right, who's got a question? First question. So what's it all about? Oh, my God. Yeah, and I think that and is – Everybody when in the audience was like, are you fucking Everybody groans, and right I now? think
2: that we got up and left. Yeah, we did. We were like, we
1: didn't need, we didn't need to see the rest of this Q&A. <laughs>
3: I wish some I would have stayed and been I would have raised my hand to ask him about the box. I kind of like the box. I do too. I think the box is kind of it dope. It feels like it's Donnie underrated. Darko. It's like a more <laughs> intense version of Donnie Darko. Okay. With um, its F cinema score. I even kind of like Southland Tales which is oh. We got to talk about Southland we Tales at talk some about point, Southland but like Tales. I digress. We're already jumping ahead. But yeah. to your point, yeah, it does and it sort of feels like a first time filmmaker their yeah. first film and yeah. you're sort of like this is a little shallow like it's not that deep yeah. but kudos to you for like nailing this cool tone it does yeah. have a unique feel and look and like we said when it's like what's this about it's it playing like a horror film it's yeah, and you're yeah. like
2: it's going to get scarier but then but at, at times then it it's sort of Playing out like a dark comedy or a drama, because yeah. like if the whole idea
1: was like, okay, he's sacrificing himself to save all these people and to save Jenna Malone and to save the Earth and all that, but then in this new timeline where he does die and none of that other stuff happened, then Patrick Swayze's character is never exposed, and oh, so he gets to, interesting. He gets to go on. Continuing to be like a secret pedophile. Well, hopefully he gets. Oh, God, yeah, hopefully
2: that ring gets busted. Yeah, so it's like that. That was kind of a
1: loose movie. end that doesn't get tied up. Yeah. in the new, you know.
2: But I guess you could say that life isn't always night. Like, well, yeah, tied yeah. Up. there's got to be some parts mm-hmm. that, that that felt didn't fix.
3: very 80s. Remember, like Satanic Panic mm-hmm. and the like schools and the like, like it was an interesting yeah, yeah. little touch but i noticed i was like what is this theme did anyone else like the name of the town is middlesex yeah and there are these weird allusions to gender and sexuality where like remember the smurfs where they're like
0: mm-hmm. what would like yep.
3: be without a dick there's a lot of like this weird dialogue around yeah. like gender that i was like is there is this going somewhere like was this saying something right yeah
2: but and, no. yeah, but no <laughs> ultimately not really. And then How also old was Richard Kelly when you made this? Well, I was going to say when I kind of nitpick at certain problems of that of this movie or stuff that doesn't quite like mm. come all the way together, tie together yeah. like tie together, I do think Richard Kelly was 24 years old when he directed this movie. Yeah. yeah. What was I doing when I was 24 years old? Not making a movie like <laughs> Donnie Darko. So you kind of have to like
0: yeah. Tip your hat yeah. to them of yeah. that
2: this is an insanely ambitious movie made by someone in their mid-20s. Yeah. And a lot of the characters feel
3: like, the you know, like Grandma Death and these other figures. It just feels like a, the kind of stuff you come up with in your early yes. 20s. And it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. kind of nice. It's like, oh, yeah, I kind of remember that kind of a humor yeah. that I also had.
1: Grandma Death. I, always, I loved her. I always forget, though, this, like, welcome to the jungle wig. I don't know what's
0: on <laughs> Yeah, her his, mullet, with this hair. <laughs> we stand, Grandma Crazy. Death. <laughs>
1: yeah, and then the whole idea of her, like, writing this book and, you know.
2: What's her name? Roberta. Roberta. um, I forget. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, because she
3: tied. Ty- I mean, yeah, it, it's all, like, oddly connected. That- this is why it has a cult following, because yeah. he does still manage to sort of, like, Stitch together all these like odds and ends and loose mm-hmm. characters and
1: yeah it's a, a rich tapestry <laughs> a rich ta- a carnival of souls <laughs> painting with light um and that's thomas kincaid so we should <laughs> we should talk about uh, we mentioned it briefly we should talk about richard kelly's follow-ups
2: Ooh, so that's what's kind of interesting about Richard's Kelly career. Richard, Richard Kelly's Kelly. career is that yeah. after the kind of when the cult following of this movie started to catch on. Uh,
1: they're going to give him his blank check
2: movie. They're going to give him his blank check this movie.
3: This is the ultimate calling card. And there have yeah. been so many other terrible indies that have come out that tried to do this. Oh, yeah. even wh- You know where you're watching you're like, you are just trying to like – direct a marvel film like safety not guaranteed and all these other like (laughs) films where you're
1: like what is the point of this yeah but this is again this not again but this is at a time when an indie director can make this movie have it be a huge hit and not handed as his second feature a marvel movie
2: exactly you know this this that
1: wasn't the 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 landscape of hollywood at the time so it was a period when they were like okay your movie was great we love it we love what you do And then you get your quote-unquote blank check movie next.
2: And I don't even think Southland Tales was even financed by a major studio. I think it was all private investors. Was it the next film or no? It was the next film. It was. Because that went to Cannes in 2000 – I think it went to Cannes in 2006. I think that it was the year Marie Antoinette was there. Okay. Because it was just everywhere that this movie – was not well received at all. And when you look at the the cast of Southland Tales, it's he like got names: Sarah Michelle yeah. Geller, The Rock, early in his acting career, mm-hmm. Sean William Scott, um, Justin, Justin Timberlake. Justin Timberlake, I think, narrates the movie. Amy Poehler, Miranda Fucking Richardson. <laughs> Everyone got wanted her. to be in it. Everybody yeah. wanted a piece of Richard Kelly, based on Donnie Darko. Based yeah, on Donnie the success of that, so.
1: And what it, I, I remember Southland Tales kind of being this this like unfinished masterpiece. Well, it was, kind it, of it like had a, it had
2: a working print shown at Cannes that I think was shown in competition. Like I think that they took it there for the Palme de wow. wow. And it did not like of course like booze at the screening walkouts. Love it. And then it just was shelved until like 2007. And right. I think that it was released fall Like, November of 2007.
3: I saw it in the theater. Wow. I did. (laughs) I watched it, and I thought it was pretty awful. I I mean, I don't remember loving it. I remember it's really long. Yeah. It's like two and a half hours. Oh, man. And that's why I assume there's no studio. He probably, like, insisted on, like, Final Cut. And I'm sure studios were like, sorry, but you've made one film, and we're not gonna do that that's my assumption
2: and i know that sort of people have come back around to southland tales especially the state of america now with the reality show president that it's kind of oddly topical of a movie like southland tales so it might be an interesting be revisit. Uh, we stumbled onto it on Pluto TV. And I was going to say, when, huh? we, when I remember we recently watched it. We recently watched a couple scenes of it, and yeah. it was pretty unwatchable.
1: I was lost. I was like, what the hell is going
2: on? The box, on the other hand. That was after. I saw the after. box yeah. opening day. Wow.
1: And refresh
2: my memory, the box is
1: Cameron Diaz.
2: Cameron Diaz and James Marsden. And they push the button. And it's yes. this couple okay. in the 1970s that Love they're it. going through some financial troubles. I think that he's a high school teacher. Mm-hmm. And I think that doesn't Cam have like a peg leg or something? She, missing toes. Um, missing oh. toes or something, yeah. And they get Frank Langella comes over to their yeah. house with a box. And he's says, got like half a face. Yeah, that if you yes. press this button... <laughs> you're going to be getting a million dollars but somebody dies
3: it's very twilight zoney yeah, right. but
2: 90 minutes and
3: like it's also then okay. like, goes into weird sci-fi metaphysics sure. or, mm-hmm. it felt very like southland tales he was like i'm sorry i'll make something like donnie darko again <laughs> if you give me money and they did but then he made it way too weird it's even more incoherent and strange okay
1: because what Arca. i what i do remember was it being kind of polarizing that people just it's it well another it, flaw it, it got yeah. an f cinema score oh, which is man.
2: almost like a badge of honor if yeah. yeah if you get like an f cinema score from like a mainstream audience yeah like you must be doing something right <laughs> yeah yeah and again, they just—he never was able to replicate. I guess, mm-hmm. and it's yeah. kind of a shame with long-form storytelling that the industry is going on now with stuff like miniseries, Netflix, yeah. like six to ten episodes, seasons that you can just do a standalone project. You would think that Richard Kelly would be really uh, yeah. good at something like Assume.
3: that. Assume it—it could be his reputation, how easy or difficult he is to work with. But yeah, like True. the OA is a very like. Richard Kelly-style production. Yeah. I wonder, too, when I think of Donnie Darko, you know, again, it was that indie, and but indie's sort of had that slow creep of commercialization and this was sort of that midpoint one where they were like this is this could cross over this could be a hit it's enough is going on here that mainstream audiences and they kept hunting and then like juno was sort of the like Juno and little miss sunshine were just sort of like
2: the peak of that that they get best picture nominations but juno and little miss sunshine those are movies made for sort of a populist audience too which there's nothing wrong with that But Donnie Darko isn't trying to do that.
3: No, I just... There was, like... They also had, like, secret studio backing where it was, like, you had a budget. And Donnie Darko kind of... It's, like, halfway. It had enough of a budget, but...
2: Yeah. I think they shot this movie at about $4 million. Okay. Okay. And that was just based on the star power of Drew. Yeah, they were, like... People invested in it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I feel like uh, if this movie didn't have... CG in it, it would feel a little bit more like indie, quote unquote, mm-hmm. in low budget or whatever. But I think the minute you see these like visual effects, you're like, oh, this is like a real production. Yeah. But and really, it, I think they got away with them on like extremely cheap. And I think very rudimentary. And, CG and I think
2: that was course. part of the reason why a lot of people hated it at Sundance of that you're an independent movie. What are you doing with. Visual effects. CGI. Yeah. And all of these do-it-yourself CGI. Like this movie has like no place to be at the festival.
3: Right.
1: But
2: that's a that's crazy because yeah. like the But that the, was the attitude towards yeah, it, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Because the effects that are in it, again, are very minimal. Um they're they're uh, I think what people think are more CGI, it's like uh, that jet engine thing is practical yeah I
3: agree I think they're really clever and sparing in how they use special effects and but there is that sentiment of like oh someone gave you a ton of money and you're pretending Mm -hmm. it's an indie but it's like well it kind of it was it was an indie it's that like Lana Del Rey syndrome where it was like (laughs) she's backed by you know remember when she came out and it was like they're not real it's not a real musician yeah it's like no they are but they just had a little money (laughs) <laughs> yeah
1: totally yeah that makes a lot of sense that's interesting i do feel like though especially with the i don't know what do you even call the like appendages coming out of coming out of the people's bodies and all that i i feel like this time when we rewatched watched it last night for our, our refresher i was just like what is happening mm-hmm. <laughs> what are these things Maybe I wasn't paying close enough attention. I like
3: that the portal <laughs> opens on Into the Evil Dead film. That was kind mm, of
2: the fun. So did you cool. hear what Richard Kelly wanted? them do? No. So originally it was a double feature of The Last Temptation of Christ yes. and Chud. That would have been and amazing. I guess <laughs> that the people that own The Masters of Chud were just having them jump through too many hoops. And Damn. Uh, Flower I'm Films had a hookup with Sam Raimi. Chad pretty like, much, and uh, he pretty much <laughs> just gave him, like, gave production that print. That's so mm-hmm. sweet of him.
3: <laughs> what is Lania Quigley and Chud? I've like want to, I want to like IMDb is right she? now. Is it like Ghoul? Isn't Chud just like Ghoulie's knockoff? It's, it's like
1: I, well, Ghoulie's is, was kind of going off of Gremlins. Chud is a okay. uh, what Car- does Chud stand carnivorous for? Carnivorous humanoid underground dwellers. Yeah. yeah.
2: Okay. Um. John I'm glad you had that, like right off the top of your head. <laughs> You're just like kind of assuming, yeah, that? you know. Um, I want to like no cannibalistic, who is, sure, uh, oh, okay. humanoid underground. But towers. like, who is sitting through a double feature of and, and of the Evil Dead and the Last Temptation well, of Christ? I kind of took it
1: as but, I kind of took it as the Last Temptation of Christ is the new movie that you can see during the day, and then
2: on oh, Friday night you can at see. ten you can sure. come and see. Oh, I guess that's right. I mean, I yeah. was thinking this is nineteen eighty-eight. But it yeah. was eighty-eight when the yeah. Last Temptation of Christ no, was yeah. released. So okay. I think they were just like that's sure. the topical current movie,
1: and
3: it's obviously yeah.
2: thematically plays into
3: like yes. he has to self-sacrifice to save yes. humanity. And
2: also, just the Last Temptation of Christ was so controversial at the time mm-hmm. that it oh, got the, yeah, yeah. It pretty yeah. much got like Martin Scorsese like excommunicated from the Catholic yeah. Church because of <laughs> or, it,
0: <laughs>
1: or at least started the rumor that he was excommunicated. <laughs> but yeah. Um, and the last temptation of Christ is Willem
2: Dafoe. Yes. As, yeah. Is Jeebus.
3: Mm-hmm. Yep. And David Bowie is Pontius Pilate. <gasps> what? I always loved whoever's playing Pontius Pilate. Right. Yeah. Seal played him in the Tyler <laughs> Perry one. <laughs> what? Remember when Tyler Perry? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. Oh. Uh, man. Remember when Tyler Perry did that like live musical? Uh, but wasn't that? No, what it was, was that? not. It was probably like five or six years ago. Sure. It was like on Fox. It was on broadcast TV. It was like we'll do anything to stop like streamers. From, yeah, it w- and it was a Tyler Perry live musical production of like I don't his own Jesus one. Jesus Christ Superstar because That's they wild. were it was like jukebox musical where yeah. they were singing contemporary songs, but it was told oh, through okay. the story of the last days of Christ.
1: So like so what's the other, there's Jesus Christ Superstar but there's also Godspell. Yes, yeah. It wasn't but, either one of those. No, like okay. when Mary Mary
3: Magdalene sings Whitney Houston's My Love Is Your Love. Like it's <sighs> oh, that kind of a like thing. Wow. You guys don't I mean I look it, it up. I you remember, remember it. Yeah. yeah. I have so, several memory Seal of this is yeah.
1: playing Pontius, Pontius,
0: Pontius Pilate. Pilate. Love it.
1: As made famous by David Bowie in The Last Temptation of, of Christ. S- sorry, yeah. <gasps> ah,
2: awesome. Okay.
1: All right. it's so good.
2: <laughs> I mean, it sounds better yeah, than up, Chris it's,
3: Daughtry's in it. It sounds better <sighs> than than the Passion of the Christ. Yeah, it is. It's much more entertaining and rewatchable.
0: <laughs> they sing.
3: Um, what's the Celine? Love can move mountains. Was that her? Yeah, song? yeah. They Love do that number. That's in it um At the end, he's like Jesus was resurrected on like the top of a Ramada Inn because like they were shooting on location and like they were live, using, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, live. Yeah. It's
1: like Jesus was like yeah. at a Ramada Inn because they would do that with like Greece too. They're yeah, the it was very much like that or yeah. Greece Live. I mean, yeah, it was just, like, the same exact
3: time that that came out.
1: Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember. We were, we watched Greece Live. I did too. I nice watched live. it recently on Paramount Plus. Yes, it, is. it is
3: available.
1: Yes, indeed.
3: We could we. Could have done a uh, movies that made me gay, even though that came out when I was 106. But still, I still made me gay. Yeah, <laughs> it made me gayer.
1: Grease, Grease Live, Hairspray Live, all of them, all of mm-hmm. them. Those were that was a time, and like, we
2: we aband we got about halfway through Rent Live, and then we okay. abandoned Ship
1: Child.
3: Let's let's tie it in. Don't you think Donnie Darko would make a a good play? I, it think, feels that, like a play. I think it has it could been play. adapted to a play. Okay.
2: It could be a musical. I think it a has been
3: musical. It could be a musical. Easy. I eighties like style. There jukebox has been, musical. Uh, sure.
2: I think it has been adapted to a play.
3: Okay, that makes sense because doesn't it have a certain theatrical quality to it?
2: Yes. I mean, I want to see like the opening Tears for Fears uh, school number on stage.
3: Yeah, all the like the whole chorus singing the song. Can together. we just
1: talk about that montage
3: of oh, the Mad World one? Not the
2: Mad World. Which one? one the, the one earlier in the movie when they're getting to school. You don't like the. Ding, oh, you don't, it's so then, iconic! You it's don't iconic. Like that, you don't like that they're uh, snorting coke in the okay. middle of class. First
1: of all, uh, Alex Greenwald just he okay. It's speed. Seth Rogen has like a coke spoon. Yeah, I know. Like it's the seventies. <laughs> And he hands it off to him in the like across the hallway, yeah. In no front way. of
2: like every student,
1: they're in uniforms. Is this a just a private school? Hi. Is it a Catholic school? Yeah. There's well, no... and also
2: Donnie's sister goes to it, and she's in what the fifth grade.
1: Yeah. Well, there's Catholic schools that start that go both, like really? have the elementary school and they'll go through high okay. school. And you know, this Not Catholic
2: remember. school is in like Koreatown, the school where they.
1: Shop. I was wondering. Mm-hmm. It's I was trying to.
2: Okay. But it's not a Catholic school because. Well
1: no I was going to say Because the, the mascot is the Like the mongrel The <laughs> mongrel But like We were just the Spartans
3: I'm not, We haven't even talked about the What's her name The like poor um, Asian Oh student. yeah
1: From White Lotus She's in White Lotus That's her That's, That's her. her That is uh, Right i blown God. And there's this
3: current again. I'm going to do this like obnoxious Kamala's niece. There's a current comedian who's quite popular on Twitter and mm-hmm. alt comedian. Her shtick is very similar to this performance. Shut Her name's up. like Meg Stoltzer. Her Meg, name is you know Jolene
2: that? Purdy, the actress. That's okay. uh, she is uh, Charita Chen. Charita. Charita. Shut, shut up. And she just keeps saying shut up. And those They're scenes only... remind me of something that would be in a Todd Solondz movie. Yes, yes of absolutely. that you see. Absolutely. Very realistic teenage bullying. Yeah. Which is something that you don't really see in movies now.
1: I think, yeah, I think people are just sensitive to, you know, depicting something that's, like, too real mm-hmm. or whatever. But it's like, shit, shit
0: happens.
3: Yeah, they. I feel like now it it it's pretty mean. It's pretty cruel how yeah. she's treated. They yeah. at least let Donnie sort of, like, be a little like don't le lay
2: lay off her. he gives her he's, the, he's like
1: he gives her the it gets better talk yeah
2: later on, and she has his name on an on her notebook at the end, yeah mm-hmm. and she does a talent she's
3: a beautiful per-
1: oh yeah that's right. art. see this is why I think Jake works more than Jason Schwartzman because there's two instances of girls kind of like having a crush on him when Drew says, pick the boy that you th- think is the cutest. I don't know if I pick Jason Schwartz. Oh, right. oh probably not. Uh, <laughs> you would be like, who's that five foot nothing? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then Charita having Donnie's name on her books or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like maybe because he stuck up for her, like you said, or like you said, Mike, when he's like, tells the boys to like lay off or whatever. But, um, yeah, I think it's just kind of like, all right, we understand that Jake Gyllenhaal looks how he looks. like, Mm-hmm. He's got, he just has this like face, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, you kind of have to acknowledge that he's like super dreamy. Yes. Right. And like, I don't know, Jason Schwartzman just. He, I agree. I agree. <laughs> he's no Jake Gyllenhaal.
2: Yeah. I mean, so sorry, Jason. <laughs> he just sort of looks like a cute little troll. I don't know.
3: Oh, <laughs> well, I, I mean. Like a troll doll? Like, sort of attractive. <laughs> or like a. I'm kind of attractive. I wouldn't say no after like. A Miller light, sure. <laughs> and, and there too,
1: after Takate, <laughs> um, but
3: also Jake's iconic Halloween costume. I yeah,
1: I was yeah. I was thinking about that because I was scrolling through some pictures earlier. Jason
3: couldn't have pulled that out. I mean, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. I love. Is it a onesie? Is it like a? T- it is matching. Piece? I was star- I was like studying yeah. it. It's, it. Is it, it not it, only just the shirt is phoning
3: it in? The yeah. bo- the legs have bones on them too, and oh, that's yeah. what sort of elevates it.
1: Yes, and then
3: the the heather the gray, gray the heather hoodie, hoodie. Heather, yeah. just, And it is sort of a subtle nod to ET, but it's yeah. sort of like a true fashion moment where it's oh, it like yeah. updating it. It's not like a. Co- it's not just a like. Hollow reference. Nina Garcia, if she was Project Runway, she would have been like, this is an amazing update. You've reinvented the Elliot look from E.T. to now. It's very of this moment. It's chic. It's fashion. That's
2: right. And Elliot is like – he has like a skeleton look. He does. and he goes out trick-or-treating with with E.T.
3: And even – I mean he wears a hoodie on the bike, Mm -hmm. which you both were just recently – at Universal Studios, and you were on the E.T. ride, which makes me (laughs) so jealous. Yeah. I was... It was pretty amazing. So... E.T. doesn't say your name anymore, but, you know. doesn't. Oh, and I miss... (laughs) If your name wasn't, like, you know... But, Bob or Karen, he was good. You know, do you just, remember s- how he would garble it?
1: But would he only say one person's name? There was like eight people on that ride. He, I feel like it was the just computer like would say each
3: name. Yeah, <laughs> That's so crazy. And it was real fun if, when you'd have like a group of like foreign people behind oh, you, yeah. and it, the computer's reading like, <laughs> you know, you're like, oh. The technology is not there for Love this it.
1: ride. I feel like there was like like pine like uh, pine fragrances because yeah. we're like flying through the, through the is, forest. What, really? Yeah, I think they like piped that in. Universal did that. They would do it on King Kong. They would have like
3: oh scent. I mean, yeah, banana fragrance they, as they should. Yeah, <laughs> I should smell
2: like Reese's Pieces, peanut butter. Oh yeah. Um, our and electronics. Our past guest Kelly, who was on. Uh, she was on our Baby Jane episode. Mm-hmm. She gave us the information that when they took the ET ride out of Universal, that Spielberg threatened legal action. Good, yeah,
3: <laughs> as he should. <laughs> I would have been like, "How dare you!" Yeah. It is the highest grossing film, adjusted for inflation, of all time, more or less. I mean, it's up there. It's a great movie. It's for I love me. E.T. It is my favorite.
1: Go watch ET, ladies and gentlemen. I Listeners. guess the
3: universal lot, in, in, at least in Florida, they have so much land, they can keep it. But here, it's like so cutthroat. They need yeah. that space. They need but really, really what, they're turning to like a Minions. Like, what are they doing I think with it? It's the, it's the Mummy. It's the Mummy
0: right
2: now.
3: Which, I mean, the Mummy now, it's like you're referencing Frick, you know, Citizen Kane. <laughs> like, that movie. Like, who's watching the Mummy anymore? Ask a child if they've seen the Mummy.
1: Brendan Fraser's having a moment right now. <laughs> you
3: know, like, I will have you know. They love him on TikTok. <laughs> oh, do they? Yeah. I didn't know this.
1: (laughs) He's having a moment. He was done dirty by the Hollywood system and people. He and he
3: he
2: chose. He's.
1: I mean, he's gonna he's gonna be in something, right? Is he in in a big DC? He's on a big DC show right now. Allowed to be in front of the camera? Well, the thing is, on the show he's on on HBO Max, a DC show. It's a voiceover performance. Great. His character is like a CGI prosthetic hybrid like uh like the thing from fantastic four kind of a deal right like a rock monster guy yeah but i think he's gonna be uh in front of the camera again very soon and something I'll, I'll look it up i well we're all rooting for him i'm rooting for yeah, of course. my boy brendan frazier look go listen to our encino man episode
0: <laughs> and the movie.
1: Should we talk and about the
3: mummy. mom? I love that we're just talking about the actors in it because yeah. summarizing this plot, no, I, there's, yeah, no, there's, there's, there's no, no point the film, of doing like, it. Just watch that, it if you've never I think seen Marian it. Mary McDonald
2: yeah. is doing some really good work in this movie, and I love, like how the parents, parents yeah. and the therapist, played by Catherine Ross, love like the how therapist. did they get Catherine Ross for the therapist? I have no idea. Like whose stroke of genius was that? Of that. Her apar- Catherine Ross, yeah. her house is so weird and cool, strange <laughs> and cool. Like I was studying it, she has like weird little
3: table and oh. the no makeup. And but yeah, my God.
2: I think that how the parents are written, it's not like they're broad. Like they're just asshole parents. No, like they're very sympathetic, and they feel like they feel like your
3: parents. Yeah, she the mom especially. The dad's mm-hmm. a little bit uh, not. He's a little bit of a jerk no the dad the <laughs> he, mom is like she's the one when she's like has that moment with him and she's she, like how does it feel to have a like crazy person for a son mm-hmm. it's so sweet mm-hmm. it's like raw there's a lot of like those touches of raw emotion in it that kind of uh give the, the movie dramatic weight yeah. yeah elizabeth will be in charge so drive you to therapy And if you need anything, you promise me that you will call Dr. Thurman.
1: How's it feel to have a
0: wacko for a son? It feels wonderful.
1: Yeah, and um, I mean, she... She was definitely a, like a kind of a get for this movie. I mean, she's been two time Oscar nominated. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I do remember something that really stuck with me from her performance is just like mm. the very end shot, you know, montage of just her like smoking a cigarette. Yeah, like, yeah. And she has the,
2: that sort of connection with Jenna Malone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They both wave, they both wave, wave at each other. Yeah.
3: That's such a cool moment.
2: Yeah. Well, and everyone at the end sort of has this deja vu of this past life that they've led, but they can't quite Mm -hmm. remember it. Too of when you get the final shot of everyone. Yeah.
1: But yeah, you know the um, the mom character. She has moments when she kind of stands up to Beth Grant at the PTA meeting. Yeah. You know, and um, so it's like they do establish that the parents are Republicans, but it's like. Like we were saying, this like late 80s version of Republicans yeah. that are a little different. They're a little
3: genteel. Yeah. Um, and they, they are a little snobby.
0: Yeah.
3: But they're also like – she is. She's like a – you know she cares about her children. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. And their education. And, yes. You know – um, just not being like closed-minded and all that stuff. They
3: didn't say what her job was,
2: right? No, now. I don't think so. No. I love that she's reading Stephen King's it. it yeah, that's such a mm-hmm. cool moment. That would be the question that I would have Richard Kelly of why is Mary McDonald reading it? Because I'm sure that there's like a lot of thought put into that. Is yeah, of that about, why like, she's reading that? Two book.
1: years old at that time when it when it came it, it would have just come out. Yeah, it would
3: have been like a hit book to be yeah. reading. So just, yeah, and it's a, probably right. smart to reference King because his. He's sort of in that world of, mm-hmm. like, like gothic suburbs and, yes. like, the supernatural. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, again, it's one of those, Paranormal. like, yeah. clever references peppered throughout the film. Yeah.
2: And the music. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, it's really good. There's
1: some definite bangers. <laughs> so it <laughs> opens movie. with
2: Echo and the Body Man Killing Time. Yeah. And then when you watch the director's cut, the director's cut does not open with that. And I remember when I did I watch know. it, it was a little jarring. That I'm just so used to that, that when Donnie is biking down the hill, the Echo and the Bunnyman song starts. And yeah, the director's cut doesn't happen. Interesting. Add it. Hmm. I was pretty square with music when I was in high school, and I think this was one of the first times I heard that Joy Division song that we opened mm-hmm. the episode with. And I, that comes on when Jenna Maloney
3: is like at the Halloween party. And they're she walks like, in, Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then it changes
2: songs too. It goes shortly. to that really yeah. good song by The Church, which under the Milky Way.
3: That one, yeah. I
2: love that song. That's I remember learning song. about yep. that song through this movie.
3: I had not heard that before.
1: Okay, my older sister had a MTV 120 minutes compilation CD, mm-hmm. and that song and was the, on church it. Was the Church one was it. on it. Yeah, that CD was. Fucking cool. It had that church song, it had like Bob Mold, it had um oh, yeah, it had uh, Dear God. <laughs> I Who's don't it? remember that Who's, one. Oh god, that was um the so I'll, I'll think I'll think about who sang Dear God. Dear God was in it. They they used it in it
2: chapter two.
3: But I do, yeah, Echo and the Bunny Man, I just uh, forever associate them with
2: this yeah. film. Yeah, absolutely. Um of course we have to talk about the Mad World cover. That was also iconic. That song definitely had so a moment. Had two th- Tears for that, Fears. That cover had a moment in the early it was 2000s, Popular, and I think that it charted in England too. Uh, that wouldn't shock me.
1: It was on uh, everybody. I and all the hipster guys I knew. It was on their iP- on their yeah. iPod. No. Oh, I definitely put that on like a mix CD. It or. was on their iPod on shuffle. And this two thousand one. Uh, God, was there even an iPod in two thousand one? Maybe not. Oh, it would have been like computer
3: playlist. It would have been like burning. It them. would have been
2: like a mini disc.
3: Yeah, and it has n- "Notorious." That's the song the little girl so, dance to. Yeah. Do you know
2: the whole thing with that song, that Duran Duran song? It was originally shot and choreographed to Pet Shop Boys, West Town, oh, West, West End girls, oh, okay. and the Pet Shop Boys wanted too much money. So they just cut it together with Duran Duran. I like it with
3: Duran Duran. I think it's better because, like, it's, again, like, it's trashy and vulgar. Like, it's speaking to the way the culture is moving into the, like, I don't know, these little girls doing, like, their dance and it's tied to the Patrick Swayze, like. (laughs) Uh, West End girls would have been a little more, like, I don't know. I don't know that it would. I feel like it wouldn't work as well.
0: Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. The very first version of the iPod was released October twenty third, two thousand
2: one. Oh wow! I, wow. I didn't the month know that. this movie came out. Wow, that's um, insane. A little. Can you believe this movie is twenty years old? No, it, that is. Insane. I wouldn't guess that. Like it doesn't feel like. No, it hundred. It, it doesn't. 100. I mean, it just feels like a movie from the mid two thousands. Yeah, I would. Ag- yeah, I would agree.
1: Yeah, 2001. I mean, that's a
3: long... I mean, that's still (laughs) in the, like, 90s hangover era, but it doesn't... Because it's a period piece, it doesn't have really a whiff of the 90s in it. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think for that reason, in a weird way, it updates it more, where we're not as aware. Yeah. Whereas, like, if you watch, like, The Sweetest Thing or something, and you're (laughs) like, what? We're like... I
1: (laughs) I almost wonder if they chose to put them in uniforms so they wouldn't have to
2: dress them... Super eighties, yeah, yeah. That's what that's what April Ferry, the costume oh, designer, said, said oh, in those okay. interviews. There you yeah, go. that's I mean, it's a good smart.
1: choice. Yeah, because that also pulls it out of like what you said, Scott. You know, period movies now just fall oh into that God. trap of just yeah. like you know too much. This like retro aesthetic, which was like that's not really what anyone was wearing at that time. Yeah, but um, it just kind of telegraphs this like
2: oh, this is the eighties. Like they don't tease out. Jenna Malone's hair, and make <laughs> right. it big.
3: That, there was a funny Twitter mem recently about this, where like they're like, "This is what movies show," and it was like every like neon color, and like this is what it really looked like, and it was like a drab brown McDonald's ashtray. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the '80s were so brown yeah. and
1: drab, definitely.
3: Because there was a, it was like seventies
0: hangover. Yeah,
2: you're a seventies hangover for a long time. Yeah, people much like, that. much like Drew's earth tones that she wears. Yes, mm-hmm. indeed. And absolutely. She's wearing shoulder pads in one scene. Too. <laughs> yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um yeah, Drew, great great performance in this Great movie. performance, true. <laughs> um so I guess we, we didn't really talk too much about Patrick Swayze. I know. Very clever casting.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That I feel like when you put somebody as charismatic as Patrick Swayze is, it just immediately gives this character that's very disturbing some depth, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like,
3: too, They that seems like the dream casting, and then you like write who you'll probably get, right. and that's the one you're like, I would kill if we could get. And they actually did. They it feels him. like it's like, wow.
2: And I mean, good for Patrick Swayze for reading this role and most actors would be afraid to play a pedophile. Yeah. But he mm-hmm. seemed pretty game to do something this different and yeah. out of the box. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And it's kind of making fun of I don't want to say he's making fun of himself, but um, you know, he's sort of the like withered <laughs> yeah.
1: did your school ever kind of or did you ever have a teacher that would just show you videos and you're just like what the
2: hell yeah is all the time the and this is weird this? like new agey yeah that, teaching her, that, that you game saw she played too we had so 80s, much yeah. weird
3: shit like that <laughs> like where they'd call everyone to an assembly and they yeah. teach us like a weird dance that was supposed <laughs> to help us like stay true to ourselves or something you know you're like what is the point of this (laughs) and so like when that happens that doesn't feel that like bra I'm like this Mm, is unrealistic I'm like no we would have had to do some sort of like weird arbitrary bullshit about like and it's really
2: satisfying when you see Donnie call it out
0: Mm mm-hmm yeah Yeah,
1: (laughs) I mean in Catholic school there was stuff like that but it was always like in religion class or theology class so I was always just like okay well this is just weird religion curriculum and like they're just being churchy and trying to teach us like Catholicism or whatever so I just kind of figured well this is just our school being weird and not thinking that like public schools would do something kind of crazy like that thinking that like well the administration would definitely jump in and be like, what is this? But I'm definitely hearing, though, that that kind of
3: shit actually did go down.
2: I'm sure that we did have it when I was a kid, and I've just blocked it out.
3: I remember my freshman year of high school, we did a ton. I feel like there must have been some sort of studies or surveys about, like, Mm -hmm. kids are most vulnerable to dropping out or most vulnerable to, like – I feel like every other week my freshman year of high school, I was doing some weird shtick like this where I was like, you know – Listening to motivational speakers and like these weird things
2: like this, yeah,
1: yeah, that's um, I mean, yeah, fucking high school man high school <laughs> <laughs> I blocked out most of it.
2: Could you imagine getting up at six thirty or seven a.m. that's what we did and going to school at eight o'clock in the morning and just sitting there in classes seeing Learning the same something. people mm-hmm. every single day. Until three no. thirty. I wanna say my high school oh started at seven
1: twenty.
3: Well we had pre period yeah. too, which if you did that, which I did because I was a loot annoying. <laughs> but like, yeah, I can't believe it. I remember do you remember what it was like to wake up as a teen that early? It was like miserable. Yeah. I hated it. I was yeah. like I, I was obsessed with sleeping and wanting to sleep and teens should
2: be sleeping until like yes. nine yeah. you know. o'clock and then when you go to college and you figure out, oh, if I want to sleep in, I can plan my schedule that i can well yeah
3: but i like overdid it and would miss class all the time and i just like lived in pajamas and ate cereal three times a day but sounds like but then you self correct after
1: that too yeah definitely yeah i mean having yeah my my uh my high school days started at 720 but it was done at 220 Mm -hmm. oh wow so at least we had that I was on the the high school swim team,
0: Oh
3: shit! so we would do morning practice. They started at (gasps) 5.30 a.m.
2: Oh, my God. So you would have to get up at, like, 4.40 in the morning? I would get up at 5 (laughs) a.m. And, like, run into
3: my my little car and drive, like, 15 minutes. I would get ready in, like, 10 minutes. I'd have the swim bag all ready to go, so I just would wake up, brush my teeth, and run out the door. It was miserable. I hated it. Five thirty <laughs> it was so cold. And it was an outdoor do, pool. Why did we do these it things? It was a we and also it. This is, might be too much information, but when you do a, when you first would start like when you work out at five thirty in the morning like that so hard, I would get crazy diarrhea. Oh because your system isn't used to <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And so and then when you're you swimming, up, yeah. so you were in a speedo, so <sighs> you go have diarrhea and you have to put it back on. So you <laughs> diarrhea it, and then you put a wet speedo back on and you're just like hugging everything and you're getting Back in a pool at like 6 in the morning. Oh, it's like man. 50 degrees out. It's like, it was. Wow. Yeah.
2: Was this in California? Yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> I thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um,
0: <laughs>
2: so, would you call Donnie Darko a good Halloween movie? I picked it for yes. the October lineup. Yeah. Kind of the Halloween scenes always did stick with me as a young person mm-hmm. that we get the countdown and all of the title cards counting down the days until this Halloween party. Yeah. Uh, uh, definitely. Y- you know what
1: else I really appreciate about this movie? The realism um, is that the Frank costume is so crazy, right? Mm-hmm. We've never seen a mask like this before. It's not a mass-produced, you know, Halloween mask that you can go buy. And they sh- they, they show very subtly Frank in like a room, like s- sketches and stuff. So it's it shows you, oh, he made that,
2: yeah, like he mm-hmm. he made this himself. Those are pickup shots that yeah. they got uh, pretty far into post.
1: Yeah, it's really smart yeah, that they that they, it. that
2: they included James in that last shot of him covering the eye, and you get the and you get the oh,
1: um, you get the sketches because they just yep. hate when there's stuff in movies that you're just like, where did they get that? Where did they commission this like fabulous like you know prosthetic? Halloween costume it's like no kid made that so it's like to show that like oh he's like an artist and you know he sketched out the images and then he like sculpted it or whatever I I really appreciate that kind of stuff in a movie because I hate it when it's just like no one on earth that's not in like a movie prop house would be able to put this this Halloween costume together right you know so I I love that but yeah definitely Halloween um, Halloween fair absolutely I mean, I don't I, think
2: anybody's ever replicated the Frank the Bunny costume. No, too, I mean that, that too much. That mask is hard to is hard to replicate. Yeah, but I would go as uh,
3: Donnie Darko's oh, Halloween yeah. costume is actually yeah, like a good. A good um, if you can, you're kind of phoning it in, but not. Yeah, it's recognizable. Also comfy and comfy. <laughs> so and, um, a, age appropriate. You can do it kind of well into adulthood. A little oh, yeah. movie trivia.
2: Yeah. Uh, do you know who is Maggie? In the Halloween party, Maggie Joan Hall,
1: like what her, costume, oh, her costume is.
3: No,
2: so I remember in high school listening to the commentary of this movie, and Richard Kelly says that that is a reference to the woman who is with Peter Sellers' character at the New Year's Eve party in Lolita. That he's always with oh. this mysterious woman with the with this like Betty Page. Mm-hmm. Like bangs in this black dress, and that's who she who she's supposed to be that
3: feels very Maggie
1: i don't think I ever when I watched this i don't think I ever was just like. Oh, she's supposed to be so – I just – I'll post a picture of I it. I just kind of thought she was like woman in wig. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's kind of an Halloween acceptable costume. Halloween costume when you just yeah. like don't dress like yourself and yeah. you're
3: sort of from another era. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> woman in a wig. Woman in wig. Yeah, love it. Um, Sounds like a good – like a new thriller Ooh, coming out. Yeah, like yeah, woman, the, in the, the woman in the, woman the wig. Woman in wig. Yeah, in, I would watch a Netflix it. Netflix exclusive. That but who should be in it? <laughs> who
1: would be who would be the woman in the wig? Woman in the wig. <laughs> I mean, it <laughs> would be Nicole Kidman, of course. Well, <laughs> I mean, that's a little on the nose.
2: Woman in the wig starring Alicia Vikander. Uh, okay. <laughs> Coming the Netflix. Tell me more. Yep.
1: I just want to see the woman in the wig starring, starring Amy Sedaris, but <laughs> that would also
3: be quite a movie.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs>
2: is there anything else we just no, I wish I wanted
3: to like tie Dear Evan Hansen into the, the... <laughs> Oh,
1: <laughs> that would be, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> if there was this, if there ever was a popular Broadway stage production of Dear Evan Hansen, of, uh, of Donnie Darko, and then they made a movie of that, a la Hairspray and the Producers. And then they would have Jake Gyllenhaal be Donnie Darko in that.
2: And he would just be like hunched over. It would still like, be less embarrassing. So it insane. would still <laughs> he would just be
3: over he would just be hunched over be like he's
2: like he's Nosferatu. Yeah. But would they give him the Marsha Clark wig?
1: <laughs>
3: have you watched your have you watched your Evan Hansen yet? <laughs> no. Uh, I haven't watched
0: I would have had to
2: like go to a theater and pay money. Yeah. <laughs> well, I would say poor Ben, ben Platt, but Ben Platt no, is like fine. a billionaire, so he will be fine.
3: <laughs> he's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he can be in the Donnie Darko probably musical. I love it. I love it. But he, I mean, like the
1: dad. I, I mean, still want Jake Gyllenhaal being, to be Donnie in the, in the, in the movie Broadway. version of the musical. That is if to there, come there is a one, what
3: now. song, like what would be like a song number you would create? Would you create one for like when the bunny first meets him? When Frank... Yeah, that would be a good one.
1: Yeah, you'd have to have a song for that.
3: I think Jenna Malone would have a real good, like, sad one about her mom mm-hmm. and the dad, like and holding her books and the Oh, you down don't even
2: know Gretchen's real name. How depressing is that? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, again, that
3: whole story, you want name. it to pay
2: off more and tie in more like that. Yeah, because, like her and mother missing her <laughs> mother is missing at the end of the movie. <laughs> he fucking stabbed yep. her. Yeah. And like when she He's... goes when she goes over to the Halloween party, her mom is just gone. Or it felt like the film was setting up this red
1: herring, but it was like, play yeah. that up more.
3: But it doesn't. Yeah.
1: And the, but then she said that the stepfather stabbed the mother in the chest seven times. Yes. And lived?
3: hmm Crazy. So would the Asians, what's her name? Asian Teresa. student, she would get a number, a song. She would oh my definitely God. get a number. and it'd be about how much she loves Donny. Yes. And,
2: well, she reported. would get like two numbers. She would have the talent show number, yeah, yeah. and also like her. Uh, it'd be good. Oh, Beth, what Beth's number Grant, would be so yeah. good when she's like real hype I mean, up, like, it would be like. I mean, it would be uh, <laughs> shutting Shirt. down it green It would be. Um, I doubt your. <laughs> I doubt your commitment to Sparkle so Motion. Yeah, that would be so good. Oh yeah, yeah. that
3: mom at the front door—that would turn into a musical number. Yeah, that would be good.
1: Wow, I think we're on a I guys.
3: think we might. I smell a hit. I think we. <laughs> I smell money. I smell
1: money. I, yeah,
3: we just need some backing for it, Drew. Hey, They'll call up um, Ben Platt's dad. Who's go. got his Mark you Platt. Yep. Wait, Platt. you know Jenny Lewis? Second degree. We'll
1: there get Jenny. Let's see. She could write the. She could write the song. She, I mean,
2: <laughs> we're seeing. We're seeing Jenny Lewis open for Harry Styles in a in a few months. So we'll ask her when we go.
1: Yeah, I'll take a sign. I'll make a sign. <laughs>
2: <laughs> like we
0: have a Broadway idea, Jenny. <laughs> We want you to write the music for <laughs> Donnie the Darko, the musical.
3: Yeah, it'd yeah. be like what's the Spider-Man one called? Like turn off the dark, turn or, on the dark, turn on the dark. Yeah. Oh boy!
1: If we, if only.
3: We think there'd be like a giant plane. Like I want that. Like oh, the like Phantom. Phantom of the Opera. Yeah, like, yeah. they were the, the opera it'll style. Be like, yeah, the, the plane wing thing. big
1: yeah, the big jet engine just
3: just. Collapsing onto the audience. And like we mentioned earlier, we'll do scent. Let's make it sentorama. Like there you go. Jet fuel or engine.
1: Smell-o-vision. I love it.
2: We're going to pass out the glasses to the audience. Oh, yeah, yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a good little touch. Oh,
1: man. Listeners, do not steal this idea. Oh yes, Everyone this, this there, is copyrighted
2: this already. Is but like I said, I think this has been adapted to the stage, but I don't think it's a musical. <laughs> Not <all>. a musical.
1: <laughs> maybe they did one
2: Richard of those Richard Kelly
3: if you're listening, I mean, con- call us. contact us. Yeah. Uh
1: maybe they did one of those um unauthorized musical parodies, but at like the Rockwell. You know how we yeah. feel about those. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um man, do I mean, do we have uh like you said, do we have anything else to before we I, I wrap think, it up, I think. I think we've
2: really like spoken our
3: minds. I mean it's like <laughs> this piece. is like
2: the ultimate movie about outsiders. And yeah. we all feel like an outsider. We do. Yep. Maybe you two too.
1: Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I agree. I mean this this it definitely has lasted twenty years, yep. like for a purpose, you know. Oh yeah. Um so it's and uh, it's
2: kind of a legit cult classic. That it is. It's, it's a like, cult they classic. They were not out to make a cult movie, but it just sort of found its audience with home video, like all great cult movies that don't do that well theatrically. Mm-hmm. They're not really liked critically, and audiences just kind of find them.
3: Did we did we talk about how Seth Rogen's in it? Yeah, and his bit, first
2: yeah. in his first line of dialogue is, "I like your boobs." Well, that's that's very... That's
1: probably how Apatow (laughs) like... Oh, man. Is this uh, before or after Freaks and Geeks? I think it's right after. Wow. Okay. Makes sense. Interesting.
2: I think Freaks and Geeks was 99 in
1: 2000. Oh, okay. Okay. Sounds good. Well, yeah. There's a lot of uh, fresh faces in this movie.
3: And a lot of people that went on to like... Yeah. ...storied careers.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, But yeah, we, we... Definitely recommend going out, looking this movie up. It's not on anything streaming right now. It's on Tubi. It's That's on Tubi. how I watched it.
3: You there have to few commercials. I don't mind it. Have you no know-
2: <laughs> I mean, we've just sort of caught on the Tubi. Love the yeah. Tubi. Um, we've uh, been, Tubi watching, too. we've been watching recently. old uh we we've been watching the girls next door on
0: I, I feel to like
3: there, it's gonna go away soon. Like we need to embrace it. Do, yeah. uh, how
1: do they clear all the that mu- those yeah. music rights and have I like? Well, I think like something like Pluto, I think is just owned by Paramount Plus. Sure, it's all the same shit that's on Paramount
0: Plus.
3: But Tubi has like I'm watching like Angel, Angel Two, Angel Three. I'm watching oh stuff God. that's like <laughs> hard <laughs> to find. Like
2: do major studios know that it's streaming there? Yeah. yeah just... <laughs> but, well, that's the.
3: Th- I mean, the studios now are so like. Uh, I mean, no one's in charge, and, like, they're sending out, like, they're sending cuts to the streaming services of, like, I've seen, like, Back to the Future 2 was, like, the TV version oh that they, that was on. You know what I mean? Whoa. Like, they just aren't paying yeah. any attention to their libraries that are, if something's more than, like, 10 years old, they don't they care. Don't care. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, go out and download Tubi while well, you still can, kids. Tubi. It's a free download on, uh, tubi, on, tubi. on any of your... Uh, tablets <laughs> <laughs> mobile devices and uh, you can uh, you can watch Donnie Darko with limited commercials
2: yeah and we're going to have a fun october yes we have some Great
1: movies yes, planned, indeed. Yes, indeed. So, thank you for sticking with us, mm-hmm. um, Mike. This has been a lot of fun.
2: Always, a I always love when you come always on. Always I love you. it. You're my favorite. Invite <laughs> me back, please. We'll get we to will. welcome home Roxy Carmichael oh. eventually. <laughs> when on the we show. do that
3: one, I might like. We need a box of tissues. <laughs> oh man, I'm gonna. It's gonna get emotional and raw. If you thought that diarrhea story <laughs> was too much, if we start talking about Roxy Carmichael. All right. oh, but well, I am. I'm in the Halloween spirit. I'm in the fall spirit. Sweet. And I think that this film is what really kicked it off for me. I feel like Halloween season started today for me.
2: Absolutely. I've been really wanting to get a pumpkin lately, but it, I feel like it's too early. Nope. <laughs> we had our, uh, we have our pumpkin patch out at work. And we had our pumpkin
1: spice, uh, pumpkin foam cold uh, brews. The pumpkin
2: cream cold brews. Those yep. are really Do good. you have a cinnamon brew? Oh, no, I've never I had that. So. The cinnamon brooms that they sell. Oh, sure, oh, sure cinnamon yeah. broom, yeah. yeah. The room broom. Ma, their, their, their aroma is all over okay. TJ's wow. right now. You need to, I'm
0: good. You should bring us. cinnamon I usually don't
2: buy the cinnamon brew. we never show i I (laughs) always (laughs) go last year i went all out uh, with with our porch just because we were stuck inside all october so i really decorated our porch yeah Yeah. so i'll i'll walk down to the 99 cent store and get some and ladies and gentlemen
1: uh listening i will be posting pictures of my mother's halloween decorations that she just (laughs) put up today on instagram and facebook
2: they look really good they look great
1: as always uh, she always goes all out Aww, with those decorations Mom. so we'll be there on uh, this Sunday to check them out in person but I might just post up, I might repost her Instagram post but yeah this has been a lot of fun we'll definitely have you on for something else Roxy Carmichael we'll wear our unlaced Doc Martens and eat Ferrero Rocher yeah I can't say it Ferrero Rocher Ferrero Rocher and we'll all wear vintage pink cocktail dresses yes. while we're doing it but um all right man thanks for coming out this was so much fun and thank you so much for listening everybody Another Thank you so great much. Episode in the mm-hmm. can, and yeah, we're gonna have a lot of fun. I can't wait, I can't wait for
2: this October. I love this month, yes, especially just, on the podcast. It's a
1: great time of year. It's a great month. You know, it's cooling off here in uh, in sunny SoCal. Thankfully, I can't wait to decorate the porch. Sweater weather. Sweater weather. Sweater yeah. Sweater weather. Mm-hmm. Sweater weather. Finally, I um, we can put on those hoodies again. Love it. But I think it is about that time. Patreon shoutouts. Yes, indeed. Yay. <laughs> We would just like to say a big hey, hey, hello, and thank you so much to our good friends, Espy, Nicole, Susan, Barry, JJ, Brandon, Leighton, Shelby, Merle, Michael, Charlie, Heather, Paul. Jamie, Drew, Jimmy, Genevieve, Don, Josh, Emily, Millie, Aaron, Melinda, and Jim, Jessica, Nick, and Shannon, Christine, and Rufino. Thank you, Thank you so much, you guys. Thanks so much. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. You should head over to patreon.com slash movies that made us gay to check out all of our fun additional content. Mm-hmm. We had a very big September here at Movies That Made Us Gay headquarters. We spent a week in Orlando.
2: Yeah, we were at Universal Studios and Walt well, Disney World. We were so we're a little late on the commentary, but we are yes, going indeed. to be doing it. Hopefully, by the time this episode comes out, yes. Yeah, so the should, new one will be out.
1: Yes, yeah, so there should be a brand new commentary coming out. I also got think got tons of commentary. I also
2: think blogger. for October. I think we should try to do a few more. Yeah, why not? we watch movies anyways in October, so we might as well be on mic for it.
1: We'll just record some awesome alternative commentaries for all of you. You're also going to get a newsletter. You're also going to get a postcard handwritten from one of us. So check out our Patreon. And, you know, if you can't uh, subscribe monthly and you just want to make a one-time donation, you can do that. And for that entire month, you'll still have access to everything in that one tier. And then you just cancel it and that's totally fine too so mm-hmm. i don't think that you have to like make any long-term commitment or whatever you can always just join for a certain amount of time yeah definitely listen to all the commentaries you can listen to in that four weeks and then just cancel it totally fine we totally get it um but anything that you can uh drop is great and we thank you so mm-hmm. much We would also love it if you head over to Apple Podcasts, like,
2: and subscribe. Give us five stars. It helps us out get noticed. Yes,
1: indeed. And uh, we would love any new reviews that uh, you can leave for us. We actually had a, a new review recently. Scott, do you want to read that new review that we have? I have it up right now. Sure. It is from Apple Podcast listener Espionage.
2: I used to hate going grocery shopping. Now every time I tune in into an episode with Pete and Scott, there I am laughing to myself as I choose a ripe melon and feeling that I have my two buddies helping me load my cart with Topo Chico. (laughs) I love the banter, facts, and opinions. Thank you for inspiring me to revisit so many great movies.
0: Thank
1: you so much. That's so sweet. And we love Topo Chico. Yes. So uh, that is an Apple Podcasts review and the title is grocery shopping without dot 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 because apple doesn't show you the full title lame (laughs) lame so yeah head over and do that you can find us on social media we're at movies that made us gay on instagram and facebook and twitter mtmug pod yes indeed so go ahead and give us a follow give us a like and you can find me my name is pete i am on Instagram and Twitter at Peter Lasagna.
2: I'm Oscar Scott on Twitter and Scott Youngballer on Instagram and just Scott Youngbauer on Letterboxd.
1: Yes, indeed. So go find us there. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening one more time. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.